boy. You lot, you listen to Garage Hammer. Episode 140. On tonight's episode, apparently the fat manling can't find himself a single co-host. So tonight he gets himself about 8,000 co-hosts. Apparently, it's quantity. That's what he likes. He likes it a lot. Whatever that's supposed to mean, I don't even know. I'm getting sick of doing these intros. He's such a demanding little bastard. Ah, shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the garage, you tools. For the next few hours, I'll be doing the best I can to share with you my love of tabletop wargaming and probably some of my various other fandoms. Bringing you tournament talk, past, present, future. I'm Dave Whitek, and tonight I'll be joined by a triumvirate of tournamenteers as we tackle the trifecta of top AOS tournaments taking place here in the Windy City. And with me to start off the festivities, returning to the show is good friend of the show, Steve Herner. Steve, thanks for coming on. Hey, greetings, Dave. Greetings, Garage Hammer listeners. <laughs> All right, so um, you've uh, you've gotten uh, uh, Holy Wars. It's in the can. It is Holy Wars Two. All done. AOS Extravaganza. Yes, yeah, it was. Turned out pretty well from what I heard through the magic of editing. Um, you're the first <laughs> on the show and the last to record, so I've already heard from several people that uh, that they had a good time and it was a it was a fun thing. So ah, cool, man! I thought you were going to sandbag me or something. No, no, it was. Yeah. Uh, I'm, like I said, I'm just uh, I'm eventually going to find some of these days. Eventually, my kids will grow up and move out of my house, and then I can do what I want, and I'll be at all these tournaments. So. Yeah, well, we would love to have you there, obviously. Yeah, um, I'm such a great dad. Eventually, my kids will grow up and move away so I could play toy well, soldiers. You know, good news, <laughs> is, good news is next year's Holy Wars is not going to be on your birthday weekend. I do appreciate that. So it's being moved up a week. Um, but anyway, we, we're not talking about next year. Let's talk about what happened this year. Sure. But before we do that, let's take a moment to uh, thank the sponsors of this. Well, I was going to say fine show, but you can be the judge of that. Uh, would you mind helping me out here? Not at all. Um, the sponsors of Garage Hammer are Unique Gifts and Games. In Grays Lake, Illinois. Mercia Miniatures. That's M-I-E-R-C-E hyphen miniatures.com. Mantic Games. Building Bigger Armies. The TC War Room in Travis City, Michigan. You ain't wrong. And Battle Foam, protecting your... Army. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> that was weak. <laughs> I'm very I'm and I'm very happy to say that um Unique Gifts and Games, Battle Foam, and Mercia Miniatures, um, they've all in the last month uh signed re-signed. So they will be they will be sponsoring this show for twenty 20- 16 so congratulations um, yeah so we're <laughs> so we're here for another year uh we're contractually obligated to annoy you for another year um <laughs> and <laughs> so uh no that's actually really great news because um you know i've got more battle foam than i know what to do with my kids always know when it shows up you know yeah there's absolutely. battle foam and uh and ugg they're just they're just awesome so and uh mercia they're uh, I'm ordering up the. Uh, I always forget what the different races are called because they give them the crazy names. But uh, yeah, I know. I, I'm basically um, 
I'm ordering up the uh, Beastmen looking guys. Yeah. Yeah. They're so ho- they're so awesome, and so for that game, that's that's the one I've chosen because I've never played it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, all that stuff comes on round bases too, so it's like, well, I could just kind of use it for both if I want to throw it in somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, it's it's some hot stuff, so I'm I'm totally going with it. Well, they're a Holy War sponsor, so I support that endeavor. Oh, nice, very nice, very yep. very nice. Um, all right, listen, I got a couple of I got a couple of emails and then a couple of voicemails, then we'll hit the break. Um. I did get a, an email, and um, once again, thank you to all the people who are still sending kind emails about episode 137. Uh, once again, I'm not reading any more of those because I'm not even addressing that stuff anymore. I'm not reading them on the air or playing the voicemails on the air. But thank you to everyone who is sending such kind words um, and, and such supportive uh, emails and voicemails. Uh, but this one was someone who responded, uh, Dave Nat, who responded to my request to people who, who if your gaming community is growing uh, with Age of Sigmar, he said, uh, "Hey Dave, just wanted to email you after you asked about how Age of Sigmar was doing in other geographic areas. In my local area, which is in Midlands, UK, it's thriving. His local cub, the Cheltenham War Chiefs—I hope I said that right—Cheltenham War Chiefs have fully embraced the new edition, with four of their members writing their own comp very early on and running a <clears> league <throat> using it. Uh, they have six or seven games of AOS being played every week when they have their game night, and it's currently more popular than 8th. They're playing more games of this than they were playing of 8th. Hmm. Uh, while some members were reluctant to embrace the new age early on, our enthusiasm for the game has brought them slowly on side two, and we are now about to host our first AOS tournament, a one-dayer using the South Coast GT pack. And the South Coast GT pack is flipping awesome. I just have to say, I'm, I'm really impressed with what I saw there. But that that's another story. Uh, regards from Dave Nat. So, uh, wanted to read that one out once again. If you've got a game club you want to give a shout out to that's uh, growing in the AOS community, I am happy to to shout it out here because obviously, if there's anyone else in that area. Now you know where to find these guys, and you can uh, join up, uh, find them there. Uh, since apparently it's so hard to find gaming groups around there, you know. Duh, duh, duh. Uh, let's see. Oh, I also want to thank Anthony Johnston and Mark uh, Corriganis. I think I pronounced that right. I probably mangled it. Uh, there's a couple extra vowels in there. I wasn't certain where to go with them. Uh, they they just uh, they yeah they were they they threw in a, a little bit of show sponsorship there, a little help out on the show. So I wanted to thank them for for their kind uh, kind help with the show. And a big shout-out to Kevin Jacoby from Six Square Studios. I know they did some work for you at Holy Wars. Yeah, fabulous stuff, man. It got a lot of positive feedback, and we're super stoked that they're Holy Wars sponsors. Yeah, and they really emailed awesome. me about doing some stuff with the show like before Holy Wars, and I totally got sidetracked. And then they sent me another email, and they're like, um, did you get our first email? And then I was like, oh, my God, I totally spaced, like because I'm such an idiot. That's the type of... You know, I'm not a businessman. So I was just like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm real sorry. Um, I'm a dumbass. So here you go. Sorry about that. And so I sent them an email back. So we'll probably be hearing more from Six Square Studios on the show uh, at some yeah, they point were, soon. They were really fabulous with us. They worked with us. Uh, uh, Kevin and his crew, we got together and, and talked about what I was looking for for Holy Wars. And they came through um, very generous and gave a lot to the players and uh, my understanding is uh some of it they're already starting to reap some of the benefits of holy war sponsorship they've had a couple players reach out and place orders with them for for round bases and for uh tokens so yeah cool. kudos to them very cool and um yeah and speaking of the holy war stuff man nice trophies by the way 
Ah, oh, thanks. Dude, thanks. Those are yeah, really sharp. well, you know, the the really the uh, kudos go to uh, to Hane Bagley who who ran Rock Wars. Um, Hane did these really awesome trophies a couple of, uh, two years ago, and it was when we first looked at Holy Wars trophies. And he he told me what he did with those and how he set that up. And so then we did some poking around, and and so last year's trophies, which were the hand holding the sword, um, right. Those were sold out. Those those toppers. They they're actually desk letter openers. They're they're a decoration for your desk. Oh, okay. And we uh, Vargas actually constructs them. He puts them together. So oh, cool. Um, yeah. And so the the sword comes out. It's like a letter opener. Um, so it's got dual use. Oh, um, yeah. And but this year, what what happened was the the arm, the knight's arm, was sold out, and the only thing we could get our hands on was the dragon. And hey, that totally works. No, that thing's nice. Yep. It's like AOS, man. You know, um, what's the dragon's name? The Drakoth. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. So, yeah, the yeah. main dragon. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool. It worked out really well, and they're actually better. It actually looks cooler than the it arms. Is, that they is were, really sweet, dude. I saw the trophy. I was like, man, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, one quick thing, and then we'll hit commercial break. We've got voicemail. Did you know we have voicemail, Steve? I did know that you had voicemail. Yeah, we do. And the number, in case anyone wants to call, is 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. International callers in most countries dial 00 before dialing 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Yeah, I, that was pretty I mean, passionate. I know. I just I don't know why I get so excited <laughs> about my phone number. It's just so dumb. Um I got a couple of calls here. Once again, a lot of calls about episode 137, which I'm not playing. But I got two, count them, two phone I Actually, I got three phone calls from the cranky lawyer. But one of them is just him saying, tap a talk. And I'm getting, and I'm, it's like, cut it out. I know. Daniel's working on it. Shut up, cranky. So, um, but I got two other calls from cranky um, that I didn't plan the last show because I ran out of time to edit them in. And so, oh, hey, I got them now. So I am going to... Um, play them in just one moment here once I get this up. Whoops. Hey Dave, it's Cranky. First I want to say that I love you just the way you are. Still, I love you. Even though the fluff makes me vomit. But that's not your fault and I still love you. Second of all, do whatever the fuck you want to do. It's your time. It's your show. Small, but wear a condom. Third, how come you haven't asked me to be on the show if you're desperate? Do you know how that makes me feel as a person? Very, very small. I know I don't play AOS. I know I can't even read the fluff because it makes me want to tear my eyes out. But, but Roger said you were desperate. And, and, and you haven't even called me. Why not? Why not, Dave? It hurts. It hurts a lot. And now, now, now you tell me. You tell me that you're not going to be there at this year? What am I supposed to do? Who's going to pick me up from the airport and then drive me back to the airport? I don't know how to get around Chicago land. That's so big and scary. And that's just wrong, Dave. That's just wrong. But I still love you. Just the way you are. 
Okay. And when the show aired without that playing, Cranky sent this. Hey, Dave, it's Cranky. I'm just calling to make sure you're okay. You know, we all care about you. And, you know, just calling to make sure you're doing all right and everything. So I hope you're doing all right and stuff, you know, doing well and everything. And that's it. That was the whole call from Cranky. That's beautiful stuff. Yeah, I know. It's so caring. I'm, I'm totally weeping. No, on a serious note, though, uh, you know, everybody thinks Cranky's a nut. Um, oh, he but is. But I, I got to call him out, dude. That guy is, like, just so awesome. Um, oh, Cranky's good people. Cranky doesn't like to. Oh, yeah. He, he doesn't like a say in that, though, so don't say it too loud. <laughs> He's gonna, <laughs> too bad. I'm going to get hate mail or hate email, he, voicemails. Uh, that guy, I got to give him mad props because the year, my first Wapak, I dressed as uh, Walter White. Yes, right? you did. You were giving me all that Hernsenberg blue. Right. Which is basically and, just sugar candy. Thanks for the diabetes, Herner. Yeah, that was all my fault. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, you know what he did? He commissioned the dice bag lady to make me a Breaking Bad dice bag. Yep. And didn't charge me for it. It just showed up on my on my de- on my doorstep one day. I'm like, who the hell said this? You know, I, I couldn't believe it. And dice bag lady comes back and she tells me it was the cranky lawyer. And I'm like, holy cow, what a dude. I mean, you know, I don't think I don't think cranky and I have. You know, I haven't seen him since bits. What was that? Two two years ago. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, because he wasn't there last year. Right. And so you know, wow, just that's pretty cool. So. You know, if I ever need lawyer help, I'll have to reach out to him. <laughs> He's not licensed in Illinois. I know because I talked to him, and he can he can he can direct you to people. Uh, but his advice is, as he points out, don't you know you got to watch what you what you take from him because he's not. Uh, yeah, he's not an Illinois licensed uh, lawyer, so he's out there in Maine with, uh, as Christopher pointed out, the four other people who live in Maine. Mm-hmm. As Christopher mm-hmm. used to always say, "There's a holy hammer living out there." There you go, five. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, well, that's it. Let's take a break. Uh, And when we come back, we got news and rumors and the toolbox brought to you by Chaos Fork Superstore. Chaos Fork Superstore. That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. We are back. Here we are. Back and back. 
All right, news and rumors. Dude, tons of stuff coming out. Oh, I am super stoked. I, I know you'd be, man. I knew you would be. Ooh. I yeah, picked up I my death book. Problems, dude. I picked up my death book, and uh, I'm kind of pleased with it. Uh, even though there's no Tomb Kings in it, I'm pleased with it. I did pick it up, and I was reading through it. But, man, yeah. okay, so Battletone Skaven Pestilence is coming out. Yep. 35 just, bucks. They might as well just have a line to my checking account. <laughs> now, it's, it's the eight, eight, now, the, now, here's the funny thing. Um, there's eight battle scrolls. They're the same scrolls that are in the, uh, they're in the chaos grand Alliance book. So there's not, there's not new. No, but for, for me, I like that. It's, it's awesome because it's like, okay, I don't have to buy the big book. I can get my Skaven fix, but uh, I haven't to look at or, all the other Or stuff. if you're thinking about it the other way, if you're not a huge Skaven person. Totally. And you've got the chaos book with the 180 entries. You don't have to have this book either. Yeah, um, they've got four formations, two battle plans. Um, the one thing I thought was interesting when I was reading in the White Dwarf is that they, it's got some of the fluff in it about the thirteen plagues. Yeah, and there's they found seven of them, but there's like six that they still haven't found yet. Like there's missing. dude, I haven't read that yet. So spoilers, man. Dude, that was in the White Dwarf. That's not, I don't I don't get the White Dwarf, dude. Oh, I'm not I'm not that crazy yet. I haven't I haven't jumped jumped into the White Dwarf yet. So. Oh, I pick I pick it up to see what's coming up. Plus that's I'm how I know what to order. It's cool. Can, um, can, I actually did not order this book though. Um, and it's the first one of the battle tomes I haven't ordered, and it's nothing against Skaven, because actually the thing about the plagues and the fluff sounds interesting, but and, and I may pick it up at some point in the future. But I've got I'm so behind on the reading for the AOS stuff that's been pouring out. Yeah, that I'm unless too. Way you know, behind. I've got the scrolls. If I really want the formations, I can get them on the app. Right. And until I plan on covering this for the show or something like that, you know, yeah, um yeah. dude, it's just it's it's money going gotta, out of my pocket that I you know, I'm not going to get to this book for at least a month or two. So Right. Well, I mean, I I I haven't I I'll admit. I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a Skaven lover, so I haven't run out and bought it. You know, it came out last weekend, so I haven't I haven't gone out and bought it yet. Um, it comes out this it's kind weekend. of like a, it's, a, it's a luxury item. Yeah, pre-orders went up this weekend, so it comes out. Which, oh, right, yeah, it right, comes right. out Saturday the twelfth. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, um, I'm more stoked about the the kits. The uh, the um, both the I, I probably wouldn't do the Skaven Pestilence one, but the one that's upcoming, the Death one. Um, I'm intrigued by that. Well, the Pestilence one, uh, eighty-five so, bucks. You get a plague furnace. Oh, it's a, a great deal. A plague claw catapult and twenty monks. So it's one hundred and thirty dollars retail for eighty-five bucks. It's thirty-five percent off. Yeah, retail. that's awesome. So if you want to start, uh, you know, if you're starting, you want a couple of the big kits. That's a mm -hmm. nice set. Uh, and then they got the, the virulent horde. Yep. Which is the pestilence starter box plus a vermin lord, uh, a plague priest with a plague sensor, and five of the plague sensor beers. And that's like a ninety bucks more. That's one seventy-five. Mm -hmm. But that's still that's uh, two hundred and sixty eight dollars worth of stuff. So that's still like thirty five percent off. Yeah, yeah. So finally, they're doing what we've asked for for years. Yeah, you know? I mean, literally, it's a third. It's a third off if yeah. you buy these these kits. Um, I, I was tempted, but then I'm like, you know, do I really need any more rats? <laughs> well, and that's the thing. That's what I was saying when I looked at the skeleton horde. The skeleton horde, honestly, I think might be their best value. So far, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I would say that. I mean, for a guy who's thinking about getting into death, because mm -hmm. um, I, I, I've had a long-standing. <laughs> I'll take things I never expected Herner to save for a thousand, please. Yeah, I know. For a right? guy who's getting into death. Yeah, I, I actually, I'm strongly considering picking this up. 
Um, I've, I'm actually kind of in conversations with Joe Flesh about maybe even making a purchase on his stuff that he has. Um, because I'm looking for some, I, I had this crazy idea for a death army for a long time and, and I'm super stoked about doing it on round bases. And so nice. this would be a way, a really, a really great way to kickstart it. Well, okay. What do you get in this? You get a Mortark. Yeah. I mean, they say it's Archon, but the box makes anybody. So you get a Mortark, 10 skeletons and five black knights for 85 bucks. Now the retail on that is actually about 138 bucks. Mm-hmm. So that's a 38% discount. Yeah. So this one actually, you're getting almost forty percent off. So it's more than the other deals. So basically, if you want to consider it another way, for eighty five dollars, you're getting a Mortark, and for five dollars more, you get all the skeletons and the Black Knights for five bucks. Right. Because yep. the Mortark's eighty bucks. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's a great deal. Now, if, great I, deal. if I didn't already have three Mortarks and a hundred <laughs> right. skeletons and twenty Black Knights, I would be buying this. Like, because this right. is a stupid good deal. It is. It really is. And that that's the thing for me. It was like, that's probably why I didn't go ahead and pre-order anything off the Skaven release because I'm really, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this. So, um, but if you're yeah. getting into it, seriously, for a yeah, hundred totally. bucks, I mean, that's not, I yeah. mean, uh, well, imagine what that would have been like if we were, when we were first started, Dave, I mean, my well, gosh, yeah. that would have been phenomenal. You would have been like all over that. It's, yeah. It was, it, it's a great deal. If there's so. an army you want to start, all of these kits are pretty nice starters because you get one, Absolutely. you get a big fancy pants piece, yeah, and a little bit of, of a little bit of, of you know some ground troops, and it's it's really nice. I am really pleased with this, um, and you get two more Black Library books coming out next week. Mm-hmm. Part six of the Realm Gate Wars, uh, War Beast, which when I read the little fluff, that's like the dude's name. That's like one of the. It's one of the. It's one of the. One of the. Um, one of the Stormcasts, he's like, that's a guy. Yeah. So it's not about a war beast. It's about a dude, another dude. Right, another so, dude. So part six in the Realmgate Wars saga that's pouring out here. Pretty soon they're going to have as many books as the Horus Heresy, which I don't got a beef with. I'm I wish they it. would put them all on audiobook, don't you? Um, You know, it, it doesn't need to be the big presentation thing with all the music and the sound effects. But it, I, I think it would be really cool. You know? Honestly, I, if they I, would I, do that and put it out on Audible, I think that would be a great thing. It's just yeah. I don't want to buy it like directly from Black Library. And no offense to Black Libraries, I already have an Audible subscription. Right. So it's like, uh, and dude, think about the audience they could reach out to if they would just go on to Audible. Oh, I know. Like have somebody read this and put it on Audible. Yeah. Where you've already got a huge, I mean, I mean, you know, the people, I think they'd actually get more people getting it that way. Because Agreed. a lot of us already have Audible, so people who aren't necessarily buying it directly from them because we have Audible subscriptions, we'd get it. And plus, mm-hmm. think of all the people out there who are trying it. I mean, because I know, um, I, you know, anyone who listens to the show knows I'm a big fan of Larry Korea, mm-hmm. and he writes for War Machine as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. I've listened to now to a couple. Um, there's one about Scorn and how some female in the Scorn became like their leader, and Very there's cool. uh, and there's a trilogy coming out. Um, on, on, on Audible. Yeah, it's on Audible. There's one called Very Into cool. the Storm, which is about uh, the Signar captain going out and doing some mission. Ooh. And book two is just coming out. They're only like eight, nine hours, I think, for the book. Right. Like, There's shorter books. That's sweet, dude. But, I'm, um, to, I'm, I'm going into my Audible account right now. <laughs> yeah, go, look under, go type in Larry Correa and go look yeah. under his stuff, and you'll find a couple of these things for, for War Machine stories. And they're really good. Very cool. 
You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, I thought I lost you. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have to definitely check that out because that that's yeah, that's cool. Because I have a little bit of a war war machine. I'm having a little bit of a love affair. You know, I'm kind of like Christopher. Yeah. Where, uh, um. You know, I, I I dabble and um. I like to. Well, never mind. A family friendly show. Um. But War Machine, that's one of those games where I'm kind of, and you know this, we've oh, talked I know. about it before. I've still got all these trolls that are sitting around here that, <laughs> had, that had your name on them you were looking at. Yeah, I was. So, You're right. No, uh, you know, I just, yeah. said after the show, let's not talk about them now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Yeah, here they are. Awesome. Yeah, and dude, they're really good. Cool. I, 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 they were both really good. They actually made me, even though I know I'm no good at that game, they made yeah. me want to go out and play that game. Like that's how much fun those books were, especially the Scorn one. And I know better than to play Scorn, like, yeah. and it made me want to go out and play them because it was such they were such good books. So well, there's a little plug for Audible and some of Larry Correa's stuff. But uh, yeah, I would I would love to to see if they put that stuff out on Audible. I love it. Yeah. So, so the other rumor, the new one. Are we going to talk about that one? Uh, oh, one well, one last little thing that uh, that we have for certain is they um. They have these legends of the Age of Sigmar. That's what the Fire Slayers got because uh-huh. they weren't in the Realm Gate Wars series. Oh, so, for the, yeah, the books. Yeah, they got the Legends of the Age of Sigmar Fire Slayers for the book. Uh, next week, Legends of the Age of Sigmar Skaven Pestilence is also coming out. So mm-hmm. if you if you're getting that book, this is the companion book to go with your uh, your battle tome. Yeah, that that's one of the cool things is that they're just releasing so many books from Black Library on this stuff. It's really yeah, cool. No kidding. All right, so yes, I haven't even seen the darn pictures, although I've seen the scrolls because they're up on Twitter today. Oh, boy, they're gorgeous. So Dracoth Riders, so like the rider that comes in the, like the hero that comes in the box set, apparently they've got like Cav now? Yeah, they do. Now, the rules are they can come in units of like one. So, I mean, apparently they're pretty, you know. Yeah. You can just take them in units of one. I bet you they're coming in like boxes of two. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard boxes of two for like a hundred somewhere, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, and then there's supposed to be some kind of dragon looking dude. Um, that they there's no pictures of the model yet, but in the pictures of the I think it's the Tempest stores. No, not the Tempest stores. It's the other one. You can kind of faintly see him in the background somewhere in one of the shots. I'm trying to find the shot right now. We were actually looking at it during. Our work hours today um, <laughs> at the office. So uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of stoked about it for a guy who's starting to get into possibly building Stormcast Eternals to supplement my new Woodall farming. And that is very intriguing to me. No kidding, huh? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I'm a little, I was a little disappointed because I got my hopes up that they were going to be, when they talked about knights, they, they mentioned something about knights. Or like le- earlier in the or last week, I don't know if you remember. There was that little teaser that went out, and um, right. And I think a lot of people were thinking, "Oh my gosh, could this possibly be Free Peoples or maybe the Bretts or something along that line?" So um, at first, I was a little Vargas and I were talking about it. And at first, I was a little miffed. You know, when it first came out, I was like, "Ah, come on! I want to see some of our legacy armies getting some love." Um, and um, you know, but 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 I get it. I'm still I'm still excited about them. I'll probably I will probably pick up a couple boxes. I mean, once I get the round basing project done, I'm going to be moving on to my to my uh, my stormcast that I have. So I'll probably be rounding them out with those dudes. They're pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm kind of excited. The only thing that kind of bums me out is they put out this stormcast 
battle tome. Exactly. That's what annoyed me. And it's like, wait a minute, that's not complete? Right. Right. So and what are they going to do? Are they going to put out another mini battle tome of the Stormcast Cav guys with another like four scroll book? Because that that's not that's not cool. cool you know, <laughs> it's well, not cool to me. Well, here's the thing. Uh, it, it, it's showing you a couple of things. First of all, honestly, if you're not interested in the fluff, just wait and buy the Grand Alliance books. There's a reason that Grand Alliance order hasn't come out yet. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Um, they're, you know, because they're still coming out with stuff and there's going to be coming out with stuff. But it's, you know, it's just it just kind of goes to show that if you're not interested in the fluff, go for the bigger tomes, you know, or, or you right. can wait and kind of pick and choose. Um, I, I, feel, to- I feel the same way. It's They're going to do the same thing with the Bloodbound. You know, they're going to wind up releasing uh, the Korgorath. You know, because you can use more than one Korgorath. It says a unit, right? This, doesn't the scroll say that it's a unit a of one? A minimum of one, yeah. Right. So you could, do they say it's a unit of one or is it at least no, one? Because I think it's at least one. I'm oh, looking okay. at it right now. Yeah, a, a Korgorath unit can have any number of models. Oh, right. Okay. So the only way to get the Korgorath right now is to buy the starter box, right? They don't sell it right. by itself. So this, this with them releasing... Well, you the, can buy the Forge World one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could. But what it what it shows me is that they're gonna start releasing these kind of the models from the starter kit as you know, as a new kind of a new product line. So we're gonna get these kind of like little Well hopefully they'll release the Griffhounds since they're their own unit and you can take Griffhounds sort of like, you know right. saber and, tusks. I'd like to see those come in a, in a pack. Yeah, they probably will. And that's what I think is I think that's what we're gonna wind up seeing. I just wish from a it's just kind of like our kind of our gamer um, uh, OC, uh, ADD is coming into play here. No, not ADD. OCD. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Um, but our OCD is kicking in because we want that whole complete, you know, collection, if you will, all everything in one handy dandy, you know, book. And uh, so, so yeah. So I, I, it's a little annoying that that they that the release schedule was to release these. Um, when they did, but you know, whatever. It's still really cool models, and and they can just take my money. So, no kidding, huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that, yeah, that's that's it for the news and rumors. I'm kind of excited. I want to know when this stuff's coming out. You know, that's the one thing we don't know, right? You know, because now I'm kind of excited because it's something else that might I might wind up adding in a bit to my uh, to this ridiculous Stormcast army that I'm building. Well, that's a nice so, segue. Yeah, no kidding. Into the toolbox, brought to you by Chaos Work Superstore. Do you so, want to go first, or you want me to go first? Please go ahead. What are you doing with your modeling? Project Round Base has begun in earnest. Um, I was really stressing out over the whole idea of rebasing, and uh, the morning of Holy Wars, I decided. So it's the Friday morning that I'm getting ready to go over to Holy Wars. I decided I was going to go. I was going to go go ahead and round base one model on the Wood Elf Ringer Army. And right. then uh, whoever found that model um, Saturday morning and could tell me what it was would get a prize um, from us. And so I rebased one of my spell weavers, and uh, and it didn't take me very long. And so I was like, "Holy cow, that was painless, and that didn't hurt at all." And so now I started Project Round Base, and I've been round basing wood elves and. Uh, Going to town on it and loving every minute of it, and uh, it's been a, it's been a fun little project. 
Well, that's my my project. Once I'm done painting the Stormcast, my next project is the uh, is rebasing the undead. I'm not even rebasing them in time for Adepticon. I'm not even worrying about it. Um, yeah, I'm a little worried about getting those bases off those skinny little skeleton legs. But now that I've seen them on twenty fives, I'm so yeah. happy because I have I've bought two hundred of those twenty fives. And they start putting dwarfs out on 32s. And I'm like, oh, no. If everything comes out on 32s, I'm totally screwed. I spent all this money. Um, but what really makes me, like I said, super excited is my I have the Mantic zombies. And I'm not rebasing my old zombies. I'm leaving them for AOA, or for Kings of War. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, you know, all these other ones that are unbuilt. So I'm just going to redo. I'm just going to do new zombies. Cool. Um, and I bought 25 mil Mantic bases for them. So they can, you know, it's just because they get those round bases connected to their feet that just slot into the... Right. So I've got the Mantic bases, the 25s, I've got the zombies. Now that I've seen that, once these, once my Stormcast are painted, that's the project, rebasing the rest of the army. Good for um, you. And then, and redoing the zombies. Uh, I'll have to pry the square bases off the ghouls. That'll be a pain. But I've got all these bases now from Mantic, the 25s, and that'll be... Yeah, it was. It, it hasn't been as painful as I thought, man. I mean, my stuff. I, even while we were talking, I just rebased uh, two Glaguard riders. So um, yeah, it's been it's been, yeah, it's the, been the GW bases. I don't think will be that much of a problem, but the Mantic ones. And I've got a hundred mm. some odd ghouls on Mantic bases. Oh, and so okay. those are the ones that are glued with the the base okay. inside the base. Right. So that I'm gonna have to break off. Plus, I drilled into them and I magnetized them all. Yeah. So I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to kind of drill those magnets out because I ain't getting rid of them. I mean, those are expensive. No, I took all my magnets off, dude. Yeah. I so that's. I'm out of the bases and I'm keeping them. I mean, that's a waste. That's a huge waste of money. Right. So, so. yeah. <laughs> so that's what I. And I'm about. I only have. I'm looking at my table right now and I've got uh, three Warhawk riders, three Treeman, Orion. I've only got about maybe. Uh, 10 models left and I'm uh, and the whole project's probably taking me about at this point 12 12 hours nice yeah it's been going super fast man it's crazy very cool I'm excited for you because that's that's awesome that it's gotten done that quick because yeah, yeah I've got hundreds of models to rebase for this undead I, army it, it, and- like I, I you know I did the wood elves first and the biggest fear was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with my Skaven? But, uh, you know, I was just upstairs talking to, to, to Belle before we came down to do the show. And I was telling her about how, you know, she's even shocked at how fast it's going. And she looks at me across the dinner table. She's like, you're going to redo the rats and hats? And I looked at her. I'm like, yeah, I think so. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, man. I'm, I think I am. I All think in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, could, I can't believe it. So. Well, as, as, you, as we all know, I'm still painting these storms they're looking great. Thank you. Um, I'm I'm getting I'm getting to the point now where I'm I'm feeling kind of confident. Um, I'm tonight. I'm hoping to get the last of the the little white lightning bolts on all 33 of the shields. Get those yep. done, and then uh, and then I'm going to start with the heavy wash of null oil on everything that's not gold, and that's hopefully I'll get all that done tonight. Cool. Um, there's a lot of weird steps that I still don't quite understand the exact purpose. Um, or maybe, maybe you know. Or, but I'm I'm hoping that what that when I look at the results, it'll seem worth it. Like one of the things that they do on the on the video is, you know, they painted all the blue with the mm-hmm. McCrag blue or whatever it's called on the, uh, on the um or space whatever it's called on the yeah that space marine blue, blue on the um, yeah. on the uh, shields and shoulders. Yeah, and uh, now I'm supposed to go in with null oil and 
cover all of it in null oil and really get it up into the cracks and go up to the gold but not on the gold. Right. So null oil the whole thing. And then when all that's dry, go back with the same blue and just don't go up to the cracks. Like just kind of go in the centers and stuff. Um, I don't know. I'm not good at any blending. I don't know if it's supposed to sort of feather it out at the edges or what or how much this is going to – like I don't know how much that's going to be noticeable you know, like it will. It will. You, you you'll see it if you go right up to the edge and you leave that little that little shadow in the crevice thing that they teach you to do. Then yeah, and you, you, it'll be noticeable. Well, it's funny because in the video he tells you about it. You kind of see him starting, but you never actually see the fine detail work of where he gets in and it's kind of <laughs> ends. And it's kind of like when you look at it in the pictures in the White Dwarf, where they show you the steps. Yeah. And they're like, oh, look, we did this color. And then we covered the whole thing in this second color. So you don't see the first color at all. And they're like, and then we went back and did the first color. And it looks like the first picture again. I'm like, wait a minute. Right. What was that step for? I don't see any difference. And it's, you know, partly the photography. Sure. So I'm at that point now. And then once that's done, then it's all go back in and do the, once that blue, that second layer of blue is done, uh-huh. then it's all highlighting and they're done. Yeah. And well, I'm you just might like, want to. Oh. You might want to take one of them and experiment with that. That uh, using the airbrush thinner on on like the the that ultramarine blue color, and then just kind of like as you get close to that shadow area, use that thinner the the thinner paint. Oh, okay. And it's it's like a cheaty. It's a it's a it's a it's a quick little way to do blending without having to do the quote sophisticated blending. Right. I'm so like, I'm, you, know, you paint that solid blue, and then you come in with the thin down blue. And then you'll, I'm you'll like get all thumbs with my airbrush, and until it warms up and I can play with it a little in my garage or outside, I'm not playing with it because I don't. No, no, no. I mean, I right. mean, use the thinner to thin the paint. Oh, okay. I switched and to paint oh. it on with your brush. Oh, I've got the Lamy and medium too. So yeah, well, you could do you could use that as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. I saw that when he was on the Archeon video where he was doing that. So I was, I was right. thinking if it didn't look right to do that to use a little cheaty. But that'll be thirty-three liberators done, and that's phase one of the army finished. Cool. Because it's like a ten, st- ten phase army. Because after that, I've got the nine prosecutors, then the nine retributors, then the five protectors, the ten judicators, six characters on foot, one Celestine Prime, and then the three. Well, I got three Drakoth riders. I'm probably only going to paint like two of them. I might only paint one of them, to be honest with you, but I've got them. But they're there. Uh, and then it's onto the bases. That's the ninth step. And then um, once I got all that done, then uh, the optional one is the display board. Of course, by that time, they'll probably have come out with these, with this, with the dragon calf, <laughs> adding steps to it. But yeah. I'm really kind of pleased. Like, it's turning out really kind of nice looking, like nicer than I expected. And I'm I'm actually learning a little bit that I'm hoping to – take over to the next phase when I start painting my fire slayers. Well, you can see it. You're making progress, and the day, every time, if you do a little bit each day, you're going to get better and better and better. That's what I've been so, doing. So, yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm hoping to carry that over. Like I said, right now, I'm just watching the videos and doing what they do and trying to sure. learn, this, learn the little tricks and the steps, because there's steps in here that I've right. never taken before, and that's what I'm trying to learn. So... I, I, I just sent you in, a, in the chat, I sent you a link to a channel that I subscribe to for painting. Oh, there it uh, is. And it's called, uh, I'm not sure how you pronounce the dude's name. Sarastro? Sarastro, like yeah. Have you ever checked any of his videos out? I have not. Okay. He really, what they do in there is they get really up close and personal, and you can see the consistency of the paint with the blending and stuff. Maybe check those videos out and see if you find any of them useful. Okay, cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so I got that and there. So basically, once I now, obviously, I'm like I said, I'm painting a lot. I'm doing a lot of this stuff. I'm feeling good about this. My be- my next question is what the next project's going to be, and I think it's got to be to rebase the Death Army. I think yep. it's got to go through that, and then I can get on to painting the Fire Slayers, and possibly by that time, the rest of my Duarden will be out, and that'll be. I got I got hobby stuff lined up for the rest of the year, basically with this. I think between the, between the Stormcast and the Dwarfs or the Duarden. Whatever you want to call them, and rebasing my undead. That's I got plenty of armies. Oh, the, oh, okay, okay. Total sidetrack, and like, like, like. Well, it's my show. I can go as long as I want. Um, my ten-year-old today said to me, um, she, I was listening to uh, a show, and she's like, "That Kings of War game sounds interesting, Daddy." I'm like, "It is pretty interesting." She goes, "Do you have any armies for that?" I go, "I have armies for everything." Hmm. And she goes, "Could you teach me to play that?" I go, "Well, I could teach you to play Age of Sigmar if you want to learn to play." And she's like, "Really?" I'm like, yeah. She goes, well, that's your game with your armies. I thought that this is one of your side games, so you wouldn't mind if I played with your side game armies because, you know, she doesn't want to touch the real armies. Sure. She's 10. Yeah, right. And I'm like, no, nah, seriously, if you want to play, you can play. I've got armies. You can play with my armies. You can play with you, you can play with on my side, and when you learn, you can take the other army. She goes, oh, can I play with your ogres? I'm like, sweetheart, <laughs> I sold my ogres. You sold your ogres? <laughs> I'm like, you know I like those ogres. Those big fat guys, I like them. I'm like, okay, but yeah, seriously, you said that like, I've said it when I was five. I'm like, yeah, and you're 10 now. <laughs> I'm like, seriously, five years ago you mentioned it. I sold the army. So now she's all like, oh, I want to trade. She goes, if, if, would, could you get me some ogres? And I'm like, mm. uh, so I'm thinking of just picking up a Mantic uh, ogre set. Because I don't mind the Mantic Ogres, and this way it's a little less expensive than GW Ogres. Yeah, right. And, and she's like, if you got me that and some paints, could I just paint them however I want them? And I'm like, absolutely. If you're Very interested cool. in painting them, I will give them to you. Uh, all I got to do is swap out the bases for round bases, and you can play Age of Sigmar with me. And you can, Is that the best army? I go, they're all different, but I want to play the best army. I'm like, look, you'll be happy with it. Do you like the models? Yes, Daddy. Well, Ogres are pretty much a really good army. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> and there's fewer models. It'll be easy for her to play with. Sure, absolutely. But my my youngest has asked me if she can have an army and start playing. So oh, it's got it's got to warm your heart, man. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Morgan, Morgan, my middle one is just like, dude, I just want to paint some models. Like, I know you're selling most of the Empire. Save a couple of these models. She goes, I want this, this, and this to paint. I just want to paint. I don't even care about playing. Harrison's like, you can paint my models. I hate painting. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so I got sounds like my boys. So I got one who wants to play but not paint, one who wants to paint but not play, and the other one who just wants to do anything as long as she gets to be a part of it. So this might be awesome if I can get yeah. them all playing. Could you imagine that? Yeah, it'd be phenomenal. I was living that dream for quite a while. Yeah, it was fun. And then when I want to do this type of stuff, it's not like we were ignoring the kids. No, I'm not. We're all doing this. This is a right. family hobby now. Yeah, dude, my wife plays games. She just doesn't want to paint models. She plays some Malifaux with me, and she plays X-wing. I think if I yeah. could get Wrath, I think Wrath of Kings is even simpler than Malifaux. If I could get those damn things built and painted, I think she'd play. She won't play with unpainted models though, and she doesn't paint. So if I wanted right. to play something, I got to paint it for her. So yeah, that's how that's how Bell is. Like I've yeah. got this Bretonian project that's going to happen after round basing is done. Yeah. That's the next one. So so. All right, hey, let's move on real quick. Let's let's get yep. through this and get this done. Uh, gaming, have you been playing any games since Holy Wars? Yeah, I've been playing Infinity. So, um, and then I had my first uh, my one of my kids this weekend. We uh, started AOS for the first time. He decided to give it a shot. So, who's um, playing? 
Uh, Ethan, my youngest. Okay. Um, and then uh, Quinn has actually expressed interest in in get breaking out his ogres again and starting to play um, AOS. So as you know, it was, it was watching Holy Wars is what sure. did it for him. So they they're all they're all kind of. Uh, wanting to learn learn the game, so I've got that coming up. Uh, but my most recent gaming has been uh, a couple Infinity games on the Blade Runner table. We'll get we'll get them both playing a little bit, and then once my partner comes home from college, we'll we'll, we'll have a nice scenario set up and some stuff so that we'll get we'll get him back. Yeah, cool. Man, I hope so. Uh, me too, man. I like playing with him, so we'll get it. Yeah. Back. So yeah, I've got games lined up for spring break. That's the plan right now. Right now, I'm just painting, and I've come to realize, man, it's just between all the stuff with school that I've I've got to line it up for spring break, and then um, over the summer. Like I said, we're actually growing a bit of a, a group out here. I've got three or four. Now we got. I had two other people. Now we've got four other people who are interested in playing around here, and we're getting games lined up for over spring break. So that's cool. So is it, is it like a resurrection of the club? NW two is starting to grow again right now. Yeah, growing. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. We're staying static right now. Holy Hammers are pretty much uh, still the same crew. Uh, we haven't got back one, a couple of the dudes we lost. Um, but, you know, that's okay. I mean, we're always looking for new players, so hopefully we'll be able to grow it a little bit more. Yeah. But we've got to get out there, you know. got to get to the local local game exactly. shops. That's the only way it's going to grow. So you got any other? Nope. Uh, uh, what... What's the definition of other again? Anything else? Reading, TV, movies, things like that to grab your fancy? Mm, no, just the usual stuff, you know. Walking Dead, Saul, Better Call Saul, all that what, good stuff. This is a good season of Walking Dead. What'd you say? This is a good season for Walking Dead. It is. It is. I think last week's episode, to me, was the best of this season. I did not so see this particular last Sunday's episode uh, yet. It's on. Two. I'm going to watch it tonight when Morgan gets home because I watch it with her when she gets home from band. How I'm old is watch she? It. Uh, 13. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Um, yeah, yeah they, no. they, they, they cross a line, man. Uh, I want, I can't, dude. Okay. And spoilers for anyone who hasn't been watching lately, <laughs> but okay. A couple weeks here. First of all, I like to see that they're trying to build something. Yeah. They've gone because they kind of honestly, they're, they're not that much different than the bad guys. We like them and they're not, they're not bad guys. Mm-hmm. But they're they're willing to do whatever they have to do. Like they, they they're, certainly like, do they're not bad guys, but they, they can be ruthless. Um, and I just sat there and I was I was I was laughing literally. I was laughing out loud um, a couple weeks ago. And you'll know the part I'm talking about. And if you haven't seen, it, I won't spoil it for you. But um, uh, Rick was fighting with this guy. Yeah. And then he <laughs> he, he and he what? stands up and looks around and goes what. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just that reaction, like, dude, he is covered in, like, yeah, head, he's covered exactly. in blood. Right, and the hilltop. He looks around yeah, and people are like, shocked and they're looking at him and he just looks at him right. like, what? <laughs> that was the best moment. That was definitely the best. It was so good. Moment. And it just, it's, you've gotten these people who have just gone so far away from any sort of civilized society. And you have to be. You have to be in this world. Totally. Um, but they're trying desperately to build something and I, I like that that they're trying they found a place where they can try and build something and they're and they're actually starting yeah. to try to trust other people which they couldn't do in the beginning at all they wouldn't do they couldn't do it and then they wouldn't do it and now they're trying and that growth yeah. that in this season I've really loved to see yeah it's been pretty good yeah um, other than that, my Audible, um, I've dipped back into the world of uh, uh, Orson Scott Card's Ender's World. Um, I've I've just listened to, I finished Earth Unaware, which mm. is, um, if you know Ender's Game, they're fighting yeah. the, the, the Formics. 
This is the trilogy of the first Formic War, the first time they come to Earth. Okay. You know, when Mazer Rackham figures out what's going on and stops them the first time. Mm-hmm. So this is the first book in that series, and it's kind of cool. It's kind of like, it's it's almost weird. It's kind of like uh, when I was reading the Dune prequels that Brian uh, that uh, that Frank uh, Frank Herbert's son wrote. Yeah, right. He wrote those those this stuff. Right. So so you see all the stuff that like they don't quite have these technologies yet, but you can see like the the seeds of them being planted, right? And the things like about to happen. And so it's pretty cool. I really enjoyed that. Other than that, um, um that's pretty much it for me too. So. Uh, I guess that's it for the toolbox. So um, before we take a break, um, because I'm not going to take a break real quick, I want to get through this part, and then um, and then actually, Steve, I know you have to go, and uh, and then uh, we're going to have Greg Person on, uh, who formerly from Painting Tabled, uh, who was at your tournament. But um, okay, so Holy Wars wrapped up, mm-hmm. and um, I just want to ask you a couple of quick things about it. Um, uh, first of all, I got to ask you this, okay? Because, uh, dude, you're you're like everywhere with this thing, and I, I know you've got really gorgeous tables, and I know you've got this whole thing set up. Um, but especially, I mean, you it's are you are you planning on expanding it all a little bit, even because it's a thirty man tournament, and you've got like who did you have? Was was it Beasts of War? Was there? Yes, Beasts of War came out and covered us. It was awesome. I mean, was... first of all, how'd you get? Okay, how'd you get them before we even talk about expanding? How did you get Beasts of War to come? <sighs> Um, like, because they cover big ass things, and no offense, know, but you had a thirty man tournament. That's not necessarily a big ass thing. Yeah, I, you know, uh, Todd, who's more commonly known as Toad from Beast of War, was uh, out there, and um, he heard about our tournament actually from a variety of the podcasts. And I think Todd Todd reached out to me uh, after he listened to one of the one of your one of our Garage Hammer episodes. He listens to Garage Hammer. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, wow. uh, hey, he, hello. He, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and so he reached out to me, and he's like, you know, they sent us an email. Uh, they found about, they found out about us, and they sent us an email. And then he's like, hey, you know, uh, I want to get you in touch with uh, Don um, Lomax, who's the uh, their their kind of uh, gal in the field. You know, she goes to the Depticon and she does a bunch of interviews. And her and Gian are are, are a team. And um, they reached out to me and they said, hey, you know, we want, we'd like to give some coverage. And it turns out that they live in the next town over from where we do Holy Wars. Oh, okay, cool. So, so it was incredibly convenient for them. Um, and so what, what, but of course, you know, I, I, I said to them, I'm like, hey, you know, just, you know, full disclosure here, we're just a 30-man tournament. <laughs> and so um, uh, Dawn said that Beasts of War, uh, you know, they're, I think they're based out of Ireland or something um, overseas. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah, and they, I said, you know, hey, um, you know, like I said, full disclosure, we're just a thirty-man tournament. Um, and she said that she goes, yeah, we uh, we mentioned that to Beast of War Ireland, and they said, hey, we, you know, we heard of Holy Wars, and we want, you know, we want you to cover it. So they were like all in on covering it. So it was really a great experience. It was phenomenal. Um, they. They asked me to pick two players that they would showcase throughout the weekend. And so um, it was Zach Shelley and Jake LaClure, uh, and they did a great job. Um, those guys were awesome. I can't say enough. I'm so thankful that that, that those two guys were willing participants, and um, they really gave some good insight on their games throughout the weekend. So it was really fun to, to watch those videos. And... Uh, the Beast of War were there the whole weekend doing live blogging. And then at the end of the event on Sunday, 
Um, they asked if uh, we would be willing to have them back um, for Holy Wars 2017. And I said, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and yeah. what was really cool was that we were able to announce our new event that is taking place on November 4, 5, and 6 of this year. And that event is Holy Havoc, an AOS team event that will be in the same venue. Um, and so it's going to be run by the Holy Hammers. And uh, so we're running two tournaments in one year. Um, and uh, we just kind of, I came up with the idea uh, about maybe two weeks before Holy Wars. And I said to the crew, I'm like, hey, do you think we could pull this off? And they're all, they were all game. And I said, well, if we're, if we're going to do it, if we're all committed to doing Holy Havoc, then I'd like to announce it. Um, you know, when Beast of War is there. And, um, and we did. And it's really cool because a lot of our players are like super stoked about this team tournament. And I'm getting tons of emails and, and Twitter hits and uh, people hitting me with DMs asking me all these details. And the Holy Wars Council, we met last Friday night and we were talking about what we were going to do for Holy Havoc. So, um, so it's pretty exciting news. So we're going to open registration. It's probably going to happen May 1st. Uh, public registration and once again uh, as a thank you to our Holy Wars attendees we'll give our our players a little bit of a um, um, er, an opportunity to do early registration as a thank you um, like we did for Holy Wars this year and uh, so it's going to be great it's going to be a good time we're still working out a lot of the little bit of the details but we're going to have it's going to be a it's uh, you're going to it's going to be a fixed team tournament so you're going to have to come with a partner um, and more details are, are forthcoming so okay, yeah. so are you planning on expanding at all? Because Probably. especially if you're letting people who signed up last year get first dibs at signing up, like I mean, <laughs> well, all I'm saying is, and I'm not complaining because hey, if I couldn't go, I couldn't go. I'm not saying sure. for me personally, but I mean, I dude, you're like everywhere, and it's like you got such a. I mean, I know there's a lot of people who want to go. Right. Uh, I mean, well, dude, you, know, you, got, I, you got people who want to go. You either got to expand or or yeah. or, well, or early, something. Early reg thing's going to stop. I mean, we can't continue to do that because it's not fair to everybody else who wants to go. So um, we know that we know that we can't continue to do that. But um, so, like in 2017, it'll you know we'll we'll have registration open and and it'll be first come first serve. Um, so. Um, I mean, the heck thing in a is, year, you could go from thirty to forty. I mean, you could build five tables. Yeah, the problem is the hall. Ah. Like we, the, the thing is, you know, we get that hall. The whole weekend only cost me four hundred bucks. Oh, okay. That's it. So, um, and that allows me. What that allows me to do, because my hall is so cheap. You know, we get we have a good, we have a really nice swag bag for our players. Okay. Um, we give them. Everybody gets uh, custom made dice for our tournament with our tournament logo on it. Um, we, we try to, we try to sing, you know, we give out really nice trophies. We do all that stuff. Part of the reason we're able to do those things is because we have a low overhead with the, with the venue. I see. Um, so it's, it's kind of tough and, and we're, they're really great to us. They let us use the entire dining hall. We basically, Holy Wars basically takes over for the whole weekend, you know, like, so the, you know, at the Hampton Inn, the whole dining area basically becomes ours on Saturday night. Um, and we basically bring pizza in for everybody on us. We, we pay for it. We bring in pizzas for everybody and, uh, we, we feed our players. Um, and, 
you know, we'll be doing that again at, at this Holy Havoc tournament. And the cool thing is with Holy Havoc is we're going to only have five games. So what we wanted to do, you know, I was, I, I'm just exhausted. I can't do six games. <laughs> so, so, and what I want to do is be able to have open gaming so players can come in and play on our tables. Players maybe who, um, who can't make the tournament. Like this year, Nick, uh, Ryan Nickel came uh, to hang out on Saturday night, and he got a little introduction to Infinity. Um, and I'd like to be able to do more of that um, and grow the community. So we're going to look at do, we're probably going we're going to do three games on Saturday and two games on Sunday. Now, if we expand, I don't know, Dave. I'm, I mean, there's a part that I will tell you: uh, the players that have come to Holy Wars, Holy Wars One and Holy Wars Two, are adamant about me not expanding. They really they don't want us to expand. They want us to keep it this small, intimate um, setting. Um, I didn't have a single player ask me to expand. Um, and last year and this year, I've had players say, "Hey, don't expand, don't expand." And so, if I can't expand, well, then the one what, what I could do to give back to the public so that they can come to an event is to hold another event because my overhead's so low. So, um, and you know, so so that's the that's kind of the the, the part of the reason for doing holy. Holy Havoc is to give those other players an opportunity because not everyone's going to be able to come. You know, there's other tournaments that are going to be happening around that time. And Herner's going to start having Holy Wars like quarterly, just like 30-man <laughs> quarterly events, you know. Yeah, well, we've talked about it. <laughs> See, I know, I know. I can yeah, tell. We have, we've talked about it. So, um, you know, we've, we've actually thought about doing kind of like the Circle City tournament uh, circuit that was, was going on down in Indianapolis, right? Yeah. Um, we, we've thought about that. Like, February, uh, May, August, and November. That's just yeah. going to be three of those and then a team tournament. And then, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've thought about it. We really have. And, and, and it fits our style of, of tournament. You know, we're a narrative-based tournament. So uh, it could be a lot of fun to do something like that and have everything culminate in a big, huge team tournament, um, which might be kind of neat to do. So, um, But, it, you know, that, that, that's the future. We'll see what happens. You never know what will happen. And um, one thing that will be doing is constantly you know i'm constantly going to be building new terrain pieces and have signature pieces each year for holy wars so um yeah it's 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 something to think about um for sure but but like i said it's it's a change of venue then and uh right now the the deal is really really good so no, I totally get that. I just, I was just asking because, yeah. you know. Oh, you're not the first, Dave. I mean, a lot of people have I mean, asked. I, you know, and, and like I said, I'm not trying to poo-poo on you, but you, I mean, no, when, you I, get, when you get Beasts of War coming out and you got a 30-man weekend tournament, I'm going, what, huh? You know, like, right. that just seems, I mean, it's it seems incongruous, you know, a bit to me. But, it does. It does. I mean, we were shocked too, man. I mean, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, I, I was like, you know, Vargas was, he's our webmaster and. He had texted, or he, yeah, he texted me, and he said, "Holy cow, we got an email from Beast of War." I'm like, "You're crazy!" I thought he was yanking my chain, so I go in there, and they they, they want to talk to you. They want to talk to you, and I'm like, "What?" So I go in there, I look at the email, I was shocked, and then, like I said, I mean, my communications back and forth with them, I you know, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't a joke. <laughs> I'm like, "What?" And um, you know, the the Holy Wars is really unique. You know, it's a it's 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 a different type of experience. Um, you know, each, each table is unique. The terrain per table is unique. There's lots of the terrain and, and in age of Sigmar, it's even better. I mean, we had some of our eighth ed players who were, you know, who were, um, total skeptics about, about Holy Wars doing AOS. You know, we had a lot of people drop. Okay. Like a lot of people who didn't come this year because we chose to do AOS 
And some of those who did said, okay, Herner, we'll see, you know, we'll see if you guys can pull this off. And our, one of our strongest critics, Sean Troy was just blown away. Sean was just like, I can't believe it. This was so much fun. And he just had a great time. We'll, we can talk about that later, but yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Well, that's cool, man. And I, listen, um, I'm, I'm glad that it went well for you. I'm glad that you're expanding to this team tournament. Um, and I, like I said, I hope that, uh, I hope that it just keeps, uh, keeps, keeps growing for you i mean if not growing in size then just in you know and what you're doing because this is you know it's i think it's great that you've got something that you're you and your crew you know are doing and and are having such a good time with man uh, heck i i just wanted to run a little like 12 man thing at my local game store at ugg and i i haven't even done that yet because i have no idea even where to start and well, i got people i could rely on and ask questions like i don't even know <laughs> What I'm doing, like I looked, I I thought about it. And said, Man, I have no idea what uh, I I don't, oh, forget about it. I don't even know. I was supposed to do one in March, and I realized I can't. I'm gonna try to get something done for uh, uh, maybe a bits prep thing, right? You know, right. but yeah, I'm yeah. hoping because I realized that I have no idea even where to start with that stuff. So I may be hitting you up for advice. Anytime, man. But you got to dial it back because I ain't going to be that crazy and let you know with well, like, your stuff. But. Right. Well, maybe there's a way we can work together because one of the things that we have talked about is possibly, and it, some players had asked for this, is like uh, maybe like a little Holy Wars uh, uh, primer. And so, like, I'm I'm talking I'm talking to some of the local game stores down here, and you know maybe that's what we do. Cool. Maybe that's how you run your first event. Is like we give you a couple things to maybe run a, a local thing up there. Cool. And then you know who knows? Maybe we can we can we can grow this thing even yeah. even more so. Yeah. All right, cool. well, man. Thank you so much. And yep. um, listen, I'm going to let you go. Uh, okay, we're going to bring got to bring on uh, got to get to the next thing. And actually, I got to go and go get my kids from band. Um, but uh, we'll be back, folks, in just a few moments through the magic of editing with uh, Greg Person. And coming up after that, we got Romeo from Battle Foam and uh, Alex Gonzalez from. From Holy Wars, Adepticon, and Blood in the Sun. So, everywhere, all over the place today. We'll be back. All right, thanks, Herner. You're welcome. Man, this was this was great. Thank you. And dude, that was really cool. I think, that, I, dude, seriously, congratulations. That's, oh, thanks. That's awesome that you guys had these people. folks it's dave are you looking for that special model to add to your army a monstrous creature or maybe a character model something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table well then you should check out mierce miniatures at mierceminiatures.com their darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see and with the success of their recent kickstarter those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at mears-miniatures.com.
Facebook.com. And seriously, guys, you'll be glad you did. We are back, and folks, I am here with the host of the former podcast, Painting Tabled, Greg Person. Greg, thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, my pleasure. And uh, so it uh, it looks like you went to Holy Wars, didn't you? I did indeed. I did indeed. And um, so I'm having you on because as a guy who played, um, I, uh, I I told you before you went, I said, if you had a good time, let me know. And uh, I'd uh, absolutely love to have you come on and, and talk about it. And you got in touch with me and said, hey, I had a good time. I'd like to come on and talk about it. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like that. So um, let's, uh, so, so, okay, so you, now where are you located? Because this is a hall for you. This isn't like in your backyard or anything. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a bit of a haul. Uh, I'm in Connecticut, so I've I've been out to Chicago. I went, as you know, I went to Blood in the Sun in 2012, and I was able to drive to that one because uh, it was over the summer and I wasn't working. But uh, I had to make a flight out for Holy Wars, and then, in fact, it's about an hour uh, from Chicago, so we had to rent a car and make it down there. But it was. It was a haul, but it was worth the experience. It was definitely worth it. So, okay. So, so what about it was worth the experience? For those who don't know, I mean, I, Holy Wars. I know Steve Herner was on before, so if they listen to the show, they have an idea. But mm-hmm. what what made this uh, so good in your opinion? It was worth all that distance. Well, it was actually a culmination of a couple factors. So, first of all, in Connecticut, mm, me and my buddies Jeff and Peyton, who went with me to the event, represent pretty much 99% of the Age of Sigmar community at this point. <laughs> so we're really at a, at a loss for other people to play with outside of ourselves, and there's certainly no events in the Northeast that are pushing Age of Sigmar. So we really were looking for that. Most of those and, guys seem to have gone over to, like, Malifaux. At least is that, that's what it looks like on Twitter. It's actually a lot more scattershot than that. There are people who are playing Malifaux. There are people who are playing Kings of War. There are people who have just kind of left the gaming scene entirely, as far as I can tell. And, uh, you know, a couple other systems being played here or there. A lot of people um, getting into X-Wing, too. So we've really fractured in the Northeast quite a bit. and. Uh, like I said, I, I've enjoyed Age of Sigmar, and so have my, my friends, and so we wanted to be able to play in a GT. And actually, I mean, last year, when they ran the first Holy Wars, I had seen the pictures on Twitter, and I, I kind of followed the event, and I thought to myself, wow, I really wish I could have been at the event. It seemed like it was a great time, and I kind of made a promise to myself that I was going to try and go the second year. And of course, at that point, I didn't know that Warhammer was going to disappear and it would be Age of Sigmar. Right. But that's how things played out. 
And I was just planning to go by myself, and my friends, Jeff and Peyton, like I said, had really been into Age of Sigmar. They were considering going to Adepticon, uh, which I wouldn't have been able to make either way. And so I convinced them instead to go with me to Holy Wars. And they, they were definitely pleased with that decision. So, I mean, if people have listened to the previous episode where you were talking with Steve, then they probably know a little bit about it. It's, it's a small event for a GT. It's capped at, at 30 players. And part of that is actually really nice because it makes sure it's a small, sort of intimate community and everybody can hang out with one another. And the other part of that is that the uh, Holy Hammers, the, the club that puts it on and that Steve is um, associated with, really put a ton of effort into making the tables look really nice and theming each one basically around a different Warhammer army and where you would have expected in the old world that they would hail from. Okay. And so that part is really appealing, and they make special scenarios to go with each table. And so, yeah, those things were really kind of the big draw factors for me. So, okay, you get there, and you've got, I mean, yeah, Steve has been putting it all over Twitter. You see the beautiful tables and the, and the gorgeous work he's putting into it. Um, so he's got a lot of scenarios and stuff set up, to my knowledge, right? Yes. And uh, so, I mean, what, what, kind of, what were you expecting? I mean, other than the tables, what were you expecting? You haven't, you know, you, had, you, had you been to an Age of Sigmar tournament before? No, no. So, so I should say this, right? So this is my first Age of Sigmar tournament i'd played probably four or five games of age of sigmar prior to going um okay. when it first dropped over the summer i had played a couple games with peyton and jeff some other people in my group that wanted to at least give it a try and then once we decided we were going to holy wars we also decided we were painting brand new armies and all of our free time was spent painting literally Every single day, a couple hours for me, uh, more for Peyton and Jeff. They, they got further in their painting than I did, and we, we didn't have any time to play. So we showed up there with really not a lot of experience to draw from and not really high expectations for how we would place in the games. The, the tournament used the Clash comp that uh, Mo put out in the U.K., Right. And basically, right. you could—it's—it's it's a pool system. You can take thirty pool choices, and you deploy twenty each game. So you have a little bit of flexibility in what you take. And each of us only took the minimum twenty pools because we were trying to get everything painted. And even then, like my buddy Jeff, he—he he reached twenty pools, but he did it kind of uh, by taking unit sizes that um, were less than desirable. So, for example, you could take up to 20 plague bearers for x points or x pool choices and he took 14 or okay. you could take 25 giant rats for x pool choices and he took 21 so oh, that's it, all it, oh, that's our armies okay. were certainly not uh, meant to be super effective we were just trying to get things done and ready to go very suboptimal list you're taking here yes yes and okay, in, okay. in my own experience so i brought he allowed the Grand Alliances in, which I thought was really cool as one of the appeals to me of yep. playing Age of Sigmar. And I've always wanted to make an army that was made up of men, dwarves, and elves, kind of like Lord of the Rings-esque. And I thought this would be the great 
opportunity to do that. And I, I purchased all these infantry models and realized pretty quickly that there was no way I was going to get those done. And so I looked at the, the comp pack and I figured out, all right, what can I take that's going to maximize my pool choices for a minimum effort? And I put in three steam tanks, which were four pool choices each. So that was 12 out of my 20 pool choices were steam tanks. And I took it even a step further. Uh, some people really kind of like this idea, although a lot of, uh, I thought I was going to get a lot of flack for it. I, I purchased Warmaster steam tanks. Okay. And I put them on bases, and I kind of made a, a little diorama where they're fighting against orcs and goblins. I used some of the animosity orc models and also the the orc that comes in the Empire Archer kit, you know, where he's, like, laying down and he's been shot. Okay. And so I set up little dioramas with it, but that was clearly just a move to, <laughs> to minimize the amount of time I had to paint. Yeah. Um, but I, I made them look pretty nice, and the idea behind it was that the – the dwarf engineer had built them, and the runesmith had imbued them with some runic power, and now they could operate on their own. And oh, so <laughs> not only was there that part of it, but the scenarios, uh, to get the major points in it, you had to have scoring units. And essentially scoring units were units that didn't consist of a single model, for the most part. It couldn't be a monster, war machine, or character. And if you look at my 20 pool choices, only four of my pool choices were scoring units. So I was thinking, and he didn't release all of the details for the scenarios ahead of time, but I knew going into it, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm going to be fighting an uphill battle. Uh, so our expectation, with all of those things in mind, was just to have a good time to be able to, uh, in Jeff and Payton's case, meet some new people for myself as well, but also people that I had met um, from attending Blood in the Sun in 2012 and also playing in Masters, uh, not this current year, but the previous year. There are people from the Midwest that I've, you know, been able to hang out with on those occasions and kept up, you know, a, a friendship through Twitter and things like that. And so it was nice to be able to see people. So we were really just looking to have a good time. Okay, so you get there and you're, you're having some fun with your pals. So the game, so the scenarios are going, you've got three steam tanks rolling. Oh, yeah. And so so how are your games going? Our games went really well, surprisingly well, in fact. Um, if it, people listening aren't familiar, basically there were four ways you could earn points in each round. And you could get a maximum of 20. So it was a 20-nil system, but it wasn't the typical sliding scale that we would kind of be used to. Right. Instead, there were four ways to earn points in each round. And so there were two points for having the most deployed pools left alive at the end of the battle. So if you think of that as the basic, like, you know, um, just fighting it out and seeing who kills more stuff, that's only worth two of the, the 20 points. Right. So there were a lot of ways in which you could play to the scenario and maybe lose more models, but still get a pretty sizable win. There was also three points available for completing a secret mission, and that was available to either player. Basically, you had six secret missions. Everyone had them, the same ones, and you would pick at the start of each round which one you were going to try and complete, and you could only go for each of them one time. And if you got it, great, you get your three points. If not, you lose it and you move on. And those were pretty cool. They ranged from things like 
killing the highest pool costing monster, or if they didn't have a monster, just the highest pool costing unit. Doing things like uh, at least twice as many unsaved wounds to your opponent's army as they do to yours. Um, making two charges where you need to roll a 10 or higher to complete them. And you couldn't get that if you had some type of bonus to your charging, like basically swift stride a couple units have, so that was pretty difficult. And a couple other ones. Oh, so it had to be a straight up, you just rolled a 10, uh, rolled a ten or better. So Yeah, you had okay. to roll a 10 or better. And there was uh, one intimidation where you make an enemy unit lose its last model through battle shock. Uh, there's one where you basically try and kill all of their characters. And there was one where a bloodthirsty where you charge in and you slay an entire enemy unit in one go. Uh, so if, for example, it was a unit of five Chaos Knights and one of them was already dead before the combat started and you wiped out those four, you wouldn't get it. You had to kill all the models in one shot. Jeez, okay. So those those could be pretty tough and it really it depended on trying to pick the right ones at the right time. And so that was that accounted for five of the points. And then there were six points for Grail token objectives, which changed for every table. And it was usually trying to control something. And then there was also nine points available for the main table or terrain objective. And again, that changed with every table. And it... It might be something like controlling a specific area, but it, it could be something else entirely. In my first round, we were playing on the Nurgle table, and there was this huge Nurgle tentacled beast, and we had to deploy pretty far away from it, and it had 49 wounds on it. And you had to go up and do more wounds to it than your opponent in order to claim that objective, and it, it was pretty tough. It had a two-up save against shooting, so that wasn't super effective. Oh, so Even then, okay, a so four-up no save in combat, and it, it, it did wo mortal wounds to everybody within six inches at the start of each combat phase. So, nice. Yeah, okay. it was brutal. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to get up close and personal because shooting is just a waste of time. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Leave it to Herner. Okay. So, so with all those, I mean, again, like thinking about this, right? So I played maybe five games of Age of Sigmar prior to this tournament. We're adding in the layer of all these different objectives you're trying to complete. And I'm playing games against armies I just haven't played against because I've just played against Peyton and Jeff. And Peyton has <laughs> Chaos Dwarfs, which nobody else plays. And Jeff had like Nurgle Chaos stuff, which a few people had. So I'm trying, I'm like, all right, I got to remember my rules. I got to try and learn my opponent's rules. I got to keep in mind all the different objectives I'm going for. And so, yeah, it was given all of that, I, I did surprisingly well. I ended up, it was a six game tournament. I won four of my games and lost two. Wow. Um, okay. Most of my wins were, were small though. Um, so for example, my first two games of the tournament, I didn't complete the main table objective, which was worth nine, but I got all of the other ones. So I won those 11 nines, right? Um, I ended up winning one game. Uh, my round five game was against Andrea. And it was a nine to eight win. I got the table objective. She got a couple other things. So technically I won, but normally you would think on a 20 nil scale that you you don't really win if you in, unless you get a, at least 11 points. I know, uh, for example, Brad 
won a game five to nothing. So again, he won that game, but he kind of also lost because he only got five points. Yeah. So it, it, it led a, to some interesting places like that where the combined score didn't have to equal 20. It, it could equal less than 20. It could equal more than 20. And it also, you know, you could end up with small numbers of points, but still technically be the winner. Interesting. So, so that 20, that, that, 20-point sliding scale is just really I'm sort of a guideline, not anything that it, that you were normally used to. Right. It was much different than you were normally used to, yeah. Hey, but you went in there just a few games in. You won four out of six. I mean, you can't really complain, can you? No, no. I was, I was definitely pleased with that outcome. Yeah, gee whiz, man. It's better than I would expect to do. So, any – okay – Anything, anything, any highlights, anything in there special? I mean, like I said, you traveled all this way. You had a good time. You went in there with a, with a list you didn't think should do well, and you did well. So you did obviously did something right. So, so what are your highlights? What, 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 you know, obviously you had a good time. You're thinking you're going to try to go back next year. Yeah. So there were, there were a lot of highlights. The first one would definitely be my opponents. So I played six fantastic individuals. So just a quick shout out to them. I played Scott. Alex, who you're going to hear from later on in the in the show tonight, Chris, who was on the show previously, uh, Chris Walker, Chris Walker, okay, uh, Brandon, who is from Alaska, but was in the Chicago area for work, which was pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I, actually, a side note there, I expected that we would be the only people who weren't, you know, within a few hours drive making it to this tournament, but. Brandon was there, and he's from Alaska. And then there's a guy, Christian, there who's from Australia. Again, they were both in the area for work, but that, that was pretty cool that they, they drew people from quite far away. No, that's awesome. I played Andrea in round five and Zach in round six, and all those games were, were top-notch. And that kind of plays into, as well, another real highlight. And I don't know to what extent this was something that was unique to Holy Wars or is perhaps... Um, sort of a, a hallmark of GTs in the Midwest. And that's just that everybody was super friendly and everyone was, even the people who brought, you know, tough lists was really just seemed to be there to have a good time. When I would go to GTs in the Northeast, I had a lot of friends that would play in these, but it was really like everyone was kind of focused on the competitive aspect. And, you know, I used to laugh because I would, go to a GT and I'd see people who maybe I haven't seen for several months since the last GT. Right. And I would say, Hey man, how's it going? And their response would be like, Oh, I'm sitting on 40 battle points right now. I lost that last game. I really should have won. This happened. That happened. I'm going to need a miracle to make it back up to the top tables. And I'm like, okay, it's interesting how you interpreted that question. I was thinking, <laughs> how are you? Because I haven't seen you, and I thought you were a friend. But, yeah, sure. Great. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> Okay, you know, I'll make no comments on the Northeast like, Gaming scene. Where I was standing in the rankings and where other people were, there was no – like, in the Northeast, it's always every round – when they post the matchups, they also post the standings based on battle points. And you're always looking at you know, how far are you from the top and things like that. And, you know, Steve didn't do that. And I don't think that was a bad thing because it took all of the focus away from that. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, most. Yeah, we don't. 
I, I don't think we generally do. At least the tournaments I go to, I don't often see the battle points posted. It's just what table you're at, where you're at. We keep track of our own. I mean, you know, just for our own sake. But, yeah, they don't yep. just necessarily post all that. That's not something we always do. Yeah, so that that was a real highlight, just the, the people there in general. Another highlight was the scenarios. So, I mean, I think the scenarios were not balanced. But I don't think that's a bad thing. Okay. Uh, I know that they play tested them quite a bit, and I'm sure that they made some significant changes to them as they did their play testing. And I thought some were more balanced than others, but they all led to really interesting stories of things just happening on the tabletop that were a lot of fun to talk about. Okay. And you know, for example, in my game against Andrea, she brought. It was mostly Stormcast Eternals, but she had some Empire things in there as well. And for the Grail objective, we were playing on the Vampire Counts table. And for the Grail token objective, which is worth six points, so it's it's the second most um, valuable thing to go for, you had to go to the graveyard and you had to search to try and find like the location of the Grail token. And once you found it, then you knew which building it was in and you had to go and get it from the building. And... Basically, uh, if you moved into the graveyard, you rolled a d6 to see if you found the location. And it w- you couldn't do it on the first turn. The second turn, it would be a 5+. plus. third turn, a 4+. plus. It got easier. And she had the, I don't know what the guy is called in the Stormcast. He's got a banner, and he lets you teleport a unit right. one okay. time only. Yep. So on the second turn, she teleported a unit of five Stormcasts with bows. Again, I don't know the names of things. Prosecutor, <laughs> adjudicator, something like that. And uh, they went into the graveyard, and she happened to roll the five, so she got it. And then she she picked up the the Grail token and was holding it there with just these five guys. Now, I had a unit of five Shadow Warriors who are, if you look at the rules, they're all right, but they're certainly not impressive, who are nearby on a hill. And these two units just kept shooting at each other all game. And I, I was, like, hoping against hope that I would be able to damage this unit and then walk over and pick up the Grail objective. But, man, I was on fire. I kept plinking wounds off here and there. She'd shoot at me and roll really poorly, or she'd get four wounds, and I'd be like, well, you're piercing one, so I'm saving on fives. And I'd make my saves, like all of them. It was <laughs> ridiculous. And then it came to the last turn where I shot in. She, she ended up... I ended up doing the wounds to kill the single model, but she had a reroll. There was there was a charity fundraiser going on, and if you purchased at the beginning of the tournament for twenty dollars, you which went towards the charity, you could get a special die that you could reroll a single die roll each game. Okay. So she used her reroll, saved him. He he kept alive, and I was like, "All right, Shadow Warriors, time to charge!" And they charged in. They fought it out. Just couldn't quite do it uh, and she held on to the objective but it was so cool how that scenario played out like that because if we didn't have these things in place that situation wouldn't have happened and yeah there was some like wonky dice rolls to make it there but it, it was really cool and then i went into the next game against zach and i was like pumped at how awesome my shadow warriors were and i was like yeah zach you better watch out for these shadow warriors they're fantastic and he gets the first turn, he had Bretonians, and he just shoots them with the trebuchet and wipes them all out. <laughs> I was like, no! <laughs> Is that Zach Shelley? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so so there were just a lot of cool moments like that happening, and I think that was definitely in part 
due to the scenarios. So I kind of, you know, I walked away and I really wanted to know going into the tournament, you know, is Age of Sigmar really viable as a tournament game? And I think my findings were, were kind of inconclusive for a number of reasons. One, I didn't think I brought, you know, a really finely tuned list. And so that, you know, games where I lost or games where I won, I, I don't really know. If I brought something better, maybe I'd get a better read on it. Well, you fit I also right think, in here in the Midwest, us mid, uh, mid-table champions over here like myself. Yeah. That's well, it was I, funny because there, there were clearly a, a number of people in the room who brought really tough lists. And there's a and, bunch of people in the room who brought what they had. And there's a bunch of people in the room yeah. who brought whatever they wanted to paint. And there that's were. exactly yeah. what you get. And, which is, that's which the is mix fantastic. You get. Yeah. And I had a lot of people, because I had the three steam tanks, and steam tanks are pretty decent, like come up to me and be like, oh, man, you filled it up. You brought the three steam tanks. And I was like, no, I just tried to paint something. <laughs> so <laughs> people kind of thought I was in that category, but I really wasn't. Um, but I think also the scenarios, because right over your six games, you're going to play different scenarios than everyone else. Maybe a few people will play the same combinations of scenarios, but not everyone. So to really see like who's the best general and really get like a clean uh, result on that, I don't think this tournament was going to show us that. But that being said, it was a lot of fun. And if you were going there to have a good time and try out Age of Sigmar, which pretty much everyone was, then it was successful. Cool. Yeah, I mean, Herner was definitely putting on a hobby a hobby tournament there. I mean, that was there for, you know, bring your stuff and uh, bring your best painted and play on some cool tables and try some scenarios. Um, so, like I said, I'm just glad you had a good time, man. I'm just glad you had a good time and... Uh, and uh, I'm sorry, there's so few of you guys in the Northeast playing. I'm not surprised. I, I'm not. Yeah. I can't say I'm surprised. There's so few of you out well, there. I mean, we're gonna try and and recruit now. I mean, and people were following us, and we took tons of pictures, and they know we had a good time. So we'll see if we can you know, entice some people to come back, perhaps. But you'd ask if I'm planning to go back. I, I would absolutely love to. I know he announced that weekend that they're gonna do. The team uh, tournament. The new tournament, Holy Havoc. Yeah. Which is a, a doubles tournament in November. So we're going to see if we can do that. I mean, there are three of us. So if we all went, I'd have to recruit somebody else from the area or, or pick up a partner. We'd have to add another one from maybe someone from the Midwest. But we'll see. Certainly. All right. Well, is there anything else you wanted to add? While, you, while I got you on the line, um, you got anything you want to... Anything you wanted to uh, tell us about? I know you got some stuff coming up in your in your own backyard, so why don't you uh, at least, at the very least, let us know what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just two things, real quick. So, if if people want to hear more about Holy Wars, obviously before the event, you had you had Steve on the show, and they can listen to that. Also, this week there were um, there was an episode of Warhammer Weekly, which is a YouTube show by a guy Vince Vinterella. And he had Brad and Andrea on the show, and they talked about the tournament, so people could go on YouTube and check that out. Oh, yeah, I was on that a couple weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a good time. And then also, my gaming group, the Unplugged Gamers, we're putting on our GT, I think, yeah, this is the fourth year now. And that's coming up April 15th to 17th. 
I would love to tell you that it was an Age of Sigmar GT, but <laughs> as you can kind of tell from my area, it is not. Uh, we're trying to appeal to the broad player base. So we have Kings of War as kind of our main event. Okay. And then we, we also have a Malifaux GT going on, and we have uh, X-Wing not as like a GT, but you know, kind of open gaming on the Friday and Saturday nights. And so if anyone was interested in that, they could go to unpluggamers.com. And if you're like me and you don't mind flying to events, our tournament is held at Bradley International Airport. So you wouldn't even have to go anywhere. You just fly and you'd be right there. It's at the, the hotel attached to the airport. Oh, nice. All right. Yep. Well, cool. Well, Greg, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks a lot for having me. And um, uh, definitely, uh, you know what, uh, send me some uh, info or links or any of that stuff, and I'll try to get it in the show notes. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and um, get me something a little closer to the date, and I will be sure to uh, you know read it off on the air, or if you want to uh, drop a voicemail or something like that, I'll be sure to play it a little closer to the date as well. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll send you a voicemail. All right, cool. All right, All folks, right. Um, we will be back um, with... Uh, actually, we're going to be back in just a moment with Romeo from Battle Foam because he's going to be at Adepticon with uh, Wild West Exodus and Battle Foam, and he's going to be talking a little bit about what's coming up there. And then after that, we will be on with Alex Gonzalez with what's coming up at Adepticon, what he did at Holy Wars, and maybe a little bit in the upcoming future uh, after Adepticon. So we will be right back. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm, it doesn't separate from the base, they custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut, designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army. are back and we're going from Herner's Holy Wars to getting ready for Adepticon and when you're at Adepticon what do you do but run to the run to, run to the, the salesroom and spend some money and it, when you're talking about spending money who's got a bigger booth than Romeo Phillip Romeo from Battle <laughs> Foam how you doing my friend thank you for having me on man hey, I really appreciate it thanks for coming on so you got foam you got Wild West Exodus you got games you got you got every I mean you're covering every base here all you, all you got to do is start selling bases and trays to go with it and you're gonna you know sell a little glue on the side and you got everything covered Romeo's glue is next you know 
the the only thing I don't have right now is time. I wish I had more time in the day. If they, if they if I could just make the day twenty six hours, it'd be perfect. I just I get two hours of sleep. That'd be awesome. I need a twenty six hour clock in an eight hour week, right? Or eight exactly. Day week, right. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's everything's going really cool, man. You know, I tell you, uh, the, the miniatures world is such a unique industry. Uh, has been for years. Uh, I knew that coming in because I. I found it to be unique. That was my passion for it and, and what it is still dri- drives us today to keep going and create the stuff we do. But I think one of the coolest things about the, the miniatures universe and, and the world and the industry and the people in it is uh, everybody's so freaking passionate, man. You know, it's uh, 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 everybody has an opinion about everything. I mean, from politics to movie stars to, you know, t- TV shows. But but in the in in this in this industry, I find it to be um, the, the passion is different and the opinions are so uh, they're so from the heart, right? You know, oh, it's yeah. like people's, it's like people's hobbies. It's how they spend their money and their free time. And, and it goes beyond more than just like their opinion on, you know, a, a, a basketball game where your team lost or won a championship kind of thing where, you know, with this, it's just, it's crazy because you make any sort of decisions in this world. Uh, I, I mean, in the industry that we work in, uh, and, it affects you not for for days, but for for months and years. Well, I'm not uh, just dropping my money to watch something or to even play something like a video game. I'm dropping my money to spend money to build and paint and convert. I'm putting right. my heart and my soul, like I'm putting a part of myself into this. It's not like I just bought something and I'm using it. Right, There's part of me in this, and I think that's why we get so passionate. Is because, you know, it's it's. You know, my students always tell me, what do you, you do what? And I tell them, I, I play toy soldiers. And they're like, so you buy dolls. I'm like, no, no, they're models. They're like, oh, yeah, and like, I get when, that too. When, when I explain that I have to build them and paint them, they're like, you, wait, you don't, they don't even come built? I'm like, no, that's part of the fun. <laughs> and when, yeah, nobody when you, gets the, the concept just right. You know, you, I explain to people all the time when I meet them and they ask, you know, what do you do for a living? And I do this and that. And they ask, you know, what, what do you mean? What, what do you mean? There's a, people do this where? How do they, how do they play this, these toys? And I said, well, they're really not toys. You know, these are grown adults that do this, and and, and they do it all on the all over the globe. And uh, they have tournaments and events, and there's you know hundreds of thousands of people that go to these things, and uh, all over the planet on a, on a on a you know monthly and yearly basis. And they're like, they can they keep people can't just get their their grips and their heads around it because you know nowadays everything's so quick, instant gratification, right? Right. So uh, you know, I, I want my fix. I want it now. I want it. I, I want it like ten minutes ago, right? And uh, you know, once I have it, it's like, what's my next fix? Right. You know, it's it's like the video game industry. You know, you, you have Call of Duty, right? It's, it's a huge, great, amazing game. And and people play it. They, uh, you know, they, they play through the mission in like eight hours. They're like, okay, I've had my fill. You know, I got to go online. They go online. They shoot each other for, you know, a month or two months. It's like, when's the next one? When's the next one? It's like, wow, you know, with, with models, man, you're building for months and years and oh, yeah. sometimes painting for <laughs> decades for some poor people, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, how many kids? I had a friend who worked at uh, like GameStop and he's like, these kids would come in and buy the game. And then within like forty eight hours, they they, they return it. They it's return built, it for it's credit, beat. and they beat it. Yeah, and it's like there goes you know I'll get some credit back, and then I know people who you know like they, they they started planning their their Wapaka or their Adepticon army at the end of last year, and they're gonna mm-hmm. hopefully have it done for this year. Right. And you're it's right. like wait, you're spending a year on yeah. on that. Well, yeah, exactly. Just, you right. Know, you're darn right I'm passionate about it. I spent a year on it. You're going to tell me what, that, you know, my game is this or your game is that. And especially with, uh, you know, I've been, you know, we've all been playing Warhammer Fantasy, at least over here, me and my group forever. And after last year, wow, right. talk about opinions, uh, you know, 
Everybody's Jesus, got yeah. one, and oh man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and you know, I, th- I think the, the the curious thing about it is you have some of these larger companies like Games Workshops that are, you know, at this point, they got to stay relevant, right? There's so many things coming out on a daily basis, almost. I mean, you see a Kickstarter once a week nowadays, uh, promoting the latest and greatest board game, the latest and greatest miniatures game, the la- you know. And these big companies, they've been around you know, these, these kind of fixtures and almost like the pillars that hold up the, the miniature world. You see them for the first time ever really struggling to be relevant, right? Right. Because they're going to be, I mean, how quickly you can be forgotten in this industry if you do not put out something cool, something new, something that, well, that connects, right, with the listener or for you guys with the listener, of course, but for for the customer base, right? People have to connect to these games. and. Uh, you know, you have something like, uh, like you know, Age of Sigmar, right? It, it was such a leap into a different direction from the kind of, I, I don't want to call it stale because fantasy wasn't stale, but it sure had grown weary, right? It had gotten, right. you know, old whiskers on it. And it was, it, it was, that was kind of starting to go out the pasture a bit. And, and James Worship recognized that years ago and uh, tried to revitalize it with, you know, with, with different editions of the rule set and just changing a few things and, and all those small additions that they did, uh, you know, the different uh, magic books and all those right. things that they, they, they did, Storm of Magic and all that. And it just wasn't lighting enough fire. So they said, you know, screw it, man. I, I, you know, I got to commend the company that takes, uh, uh, you know, a risk like that and says, you know what, I know we're going we're gonna to just totally upset the entire status quo and we're probably going to lose 20, 30% of our people that we had because this is totally backwards, but hopefully in the long run, we gain them all back times too. Right. So, yeah. uh, that's, what's crazy. This industry is again, it's so passionate, right? It's got, you got these people that have invested years into building, call it a Skaven army or heck, you know what, what army they just, they just kill off. Um, not Kings lizard men. A, well, the tomb Kings are worth the tomb just, Kings. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's right. Tomb Kings are like on the outs right. It seems like it, yeah. I mean, they didn't show up in the uh, in the book. The Death uh, Coalition was was right. everyone was it was since end times. It was the VC and the Tomb Kings, and now the Death uh, Grand Alliance book came out, and there was no Tomb Kings to be found in it. And they, <laughs> right. and they all went up on the last chance to buy, and people went, "What? What? Yeah." I mean, it's just like you know, you look at stuff like that, and you're like, "Holy moly!" You know, what the heck is going on here? Like, this is nuts. That that, that first of all, that this a company can just pull the plug on things that that kind of fixated in the minds of the gamers but again the passion is what really drove that that type of reaction and you know you know for us you know we're an accessories company right but we've also started doing miniatures recently and the accessory part about it is what's what's nuts because with accessories you don't really have to use us for what you're doing right if you don't travel you don't need it if you don't really care about storing it in something that's you know top of the line you don't need it so for us, we have to be so inventive on a regular basis with battle foam, right? Because we're selling basically, you know, gray squares inside bigger gray squares, <laughs> right? I mean, that's all it is. And then you take those gray squares and you put them in a green bag and you call it a night. And boy, I wish it was that easy, right? And it can be explaining like that. But that's what's really hard for us too as an accessories manufacturer that we have to be able to to stay fresh and relevant because if these big companies are struggling – and they work so hard to try to be relevant, man. You know, for us, it's 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 nasty out there. Well, and it's like uh, you said with the Kickstarters, and everything. dude. I've gotten stuff off of Kickstarters and games that I've picked up off of stuff that, and I mean, and I had to stop because it's like I've got some that I haven't opened yet mm-hmm. that 
they've been out for over a year and then they got it going and then they released a couple of expansions and now they're calling right. it quits. Right, and right. And I'm like, I've never even played this damn game yet. And it's right. been called quits. And it's, and it's like, oh, okay. Like, I didn't get the expansions. I realized why they're calling it quits because people weren't getting all the expansions or it was hard, mm -hmm. to, hard to go through. But I'm like, um, all right then. So Right, you know, right. Now what? Like, yeah. yeah, it's like, now what? What's the next flavor? Exactly. So it's like, I got, you know, I, I had to go and find my two or three things I really like and, uh, and stick with them. I've got, you know, I've got my Abe Lincoln crew. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. No matter what happens with your game, I've got yeah. Abe Lincoln wielding a couple of axes. I love it. That, I love that's, it. That's 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 all. That's all I ever am gonna need. You know, what I'm saying? right? It's, right. It's always, you know, I'm, and I, 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 you know, all the other factions. You, you got so much cool stuff, and I, I, I hate to break off on a Wild West. Series. There's a lot of cool stuff in Wild West Exodus, but you got Abe Lincoln with that big coat and the hat, and it's like, <laughs> and I mean, I know it's, it reminds you of the Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter thing going oh, in there, too. Oh, I'm not going to even lie. That's where, of course, we stole it from there. But, Absolutely. But, Too cool. I Too cool. I just like, that, God. That should have been, that should have been, in my eyes, that should have been a 10-movie franchise, and they made one. Uh, I don't get it. I mean, yeah. that could have, he could have slayed werewolves in one movie. He could have slayed zombies. He could have slayed, I mean... I, could, I, so I would good. have the just had scripts quite... where he runs around just cutting people with axes. It wouldn't even matter what the hell it was. Uh, exactly. The movie didn't quite meet the ex the, uh, the no. book is in my eyes, but man, that was just like, oh, I love it, you know? Yeah. But like you said, it's always the new shiny, and you kind of have to make your choices, and I and I did. I had to call. I called a lot of my Warhammer armies. I, I got it down to, to like two or three things that I really like in Age of Sigmar. I've got my uh, I got my uh, U.S. Ariadna crew in uh, for Infinity. Right. You know, I've, I've got a couple things here. I've got uh, I've got this Wrath of Kings, the little vampire guys, and uh, you know that's it. You know, it's like okay, now I gotta now I gotta stop myself, otherwise. Right. Right. Because it, like it's it's a new shiny every flipping week, and it's yeah. just ridiculous. I can't keep doing it. You know, I've got the Kings of War. I have so much VC stuff and the Kings of War. Uh, um, uh, undead stuff that's like okay, right, I've got enough right. for them set up now too. Heck, I got the, I got, I just got their demon stuff, like their um the um underworld stuff, the all the the stuff that looks you know all their demons. I yeah, got them yeah. from the Kickstarter. I totally forgot I I ordered it. Like I totally forgot I had to come on the Kickstarter and it showed up. I'm like, oh, this is kind of awesome, something new to build. <laughs> it's like I'm glad I still play this game because if this would have showed up for something else, I would have been like, well, eBay. Yeah, you know? yeah, but yeah. oh no, it's everywhere, you know. And so, it, it, what's crazy too is, you know, for us going and, and mixing in with uh, making miniatures and also making accessories for miniatures, obviously Battle Foam is, is where I started. And then I, we went into this game thing uh, and started doing Wild West Exodus. And, you know, we've kind of seen both sides of the coin. We've seen the, 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 amazing success which i'm extremely grateful for in the accessories industry where you know we've we've been lucky enough to be at the top of the, the echelon you know and we're always trying to stay up there by prov you know providing customers with what they need and, and products that they want uh and it's kept us at the top and we've been able to be successful and and, and keep our customer base that we've had that's been very loyal over the years and, and we continue to keep them which is really very cool and humbling actually uh, and then you see the other side of the coin where, uh, you know, we go over to doing now, you know, Wild West Exodus, which again, the competition is so fierce, oh, yeah. right? There, there's, like you said, there's shiny stuff coming out every day and, and it is almost impossible. I feel like for a company like ours, where we don't have the budget of, you know, a hundred million pounds a year. Uh, I mean, if it's hard for those guys, right. If it's hard for games workshop who has a hundred million pounds of revenue coming in a year, Imagine for a company that the, you know barely has a hundred thousand 
dollars of revenue coming in a year, right? Oh, sure. Uh, as a as a miniatures man, as a new miniatures manufacturing company, um, you know, for us, a company like us, you know, every penny counts. Every decision is dire. Uh, every angle you go at, uh, the customer can make or break the company forever. And you mentioned a lot of people that you know they make these kickstarts, they release an expansion, nobody buys that expansion, and they're dead in the water. And next thing you know, they're out of business, or they're like, oh, what happened to that guy? And that that is. And in, in just like a like kind of a microscopic look at it, exactly what every Kickstarter goes through. And and it's what we've done. And I think, you know, for us, we've just been lucky enough that we've were in the industry before, knew kind of how to expect the downturn of it and prepared for it, or we would have been totally effed. I mean, I without saying bad words, but no, I got you. We, we would have been screwed big time. I can't imagine like I see these things go up and I'm picturing Dude, until that thing funds, you've got to be like going premature gray. And oh, even God, and, and yeah. even if it funds in like, I mean, you see some of like, you know, Mantic funds in an hour. When they put something up, they fund in like an hour now at this point because right. everybody knows they're going to they're going to they're going to But then it's like, okay, I funded in an hour. Now I've got 29 days and 23 hours to uh, that I've got of of um, to excite people, yeah, to keep it going and to keep yeah, them in yeah. and 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 to and to keep hitting these stretch goals. Right. Where and and that's that's the thing that it, when this first started, when you'd see these these companies that that weren't prepared, and like they got to start making up stretch goals on the spot, you know, it's like right. because and now you could tell they're trying to keep up. They're like throwing stuff in there. It's like, oh my god, what are we gonna do? And it's just like, oh, how do you deal with that? Like, I mean, because right. I know you. I mean, this you you you've always funded when you've gone up. I mean, how do you prep that stuff? I mean, do you have a lot of this stuff? At least the stretch goals and stuff. I mean, have you ever run out of stretch goals, or have you had all that stuff planned well enough in advance that you had everything laid out just in case? So on on Kickstarter, number one thing I think you know we realized from the first one was that you really cannot prepare for what can happen. You you can try to prepare all you want, but realistically, you're not gonna you're never gonna know exactly what the audience is gonna do. Even if you're a you know you look at Kuma and you're not that they live and die by Kickstarter, right? Kuma and you're not has been known for years that's that's the bread and butter they don't sure. even really care about retail anymore it's kind of like okay yeah, they offer it of course games go to retail after they've been delivered but i mean you know when you got eight thousand people backing your product and uh, those eight thousand people have gotten their stuff who the heck's gonna want it after that right it's like yeah okay so another 500 people are gonna want it cool that's great but retailers aren't gonna invest any money or distributors aren't gonna invest any money after that because with their, the exception their audience of like been, zombicide and stuff like that that your, yeah, your friends I mean, see that after the Kickstarter amazing yeah great models done by by great people everybody involved is awesome of course you know uh, you know all the creations and all the all the all, all the creative work that went into it was awesome but then you look at the you look at the whole thing and you say to yourself you couldn't move one of those if you try to give it away to people after you know, after, after right. it went to retail, it just, they, everybody had it already. It was done. It was, it was game over for the retail side. So anyway, the, the point is you can never expect what's going to happen on Kickstarter because, you know, and I'll tell you a secret. And this is, this is just, I mean, being in on two Kickstarters, dealing with companies, you know, in various ways that we've, we've uh, provided storage solutions for their Kickstarters. The number that people put up there as what their, their funding goal is, is never the true cost. You know, let's say I'm, I'm, my goal is, uh, $80,000, $100,000, right? Right. I, I really know I need 200,000. I'm banking on the momentum, getting me the hundred and then the excitement carrying it to over two. So it's, you know, when you see these, these numbers, you know, like, um, most of the time 
Kumeni or not, we'll put 20, 30, 40,000. I, I only use them as an example because they're, they're, they've been the most successful. Right. And, and they've had the most. So most people know of their Kickstarters. Uh, but I, this goes for almost everybody. You look at some of these goals that they have. Oh, I, all I need is $50,000, but I'm giving you like a million models. You know, how is that possible? Right. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Well, that was like it, the it, Reaper it, Bones. I don't know how they were. It's like, what? No. And, and, $100 and, you know, the, the for 100 about models? It is, what? You know, uh, bones one and two, if you look, you know, and again, not to knock on those guys, cause this is by no means am I trying to be offensive when I say this, but you know, people didn't expect to get white resin miniatures. They, they were expecting to get hard plastic miniatures. Uh, I'm sorry, not resin, but they, they got a, like a PVC style, uh, plastic. Right. And I think it was why you were expecting it at that point. But, but that one, I, yeah, I know a few people weren't, ex- that's not what they were expecting. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Right. They, they were, they were thrown off by what was kind of promised in the Kickstarter and what they got in bones one. And that was because, you know, the success that, that bones one did was never anticipated. You know, nobody expected, Hey, we're going to get all of this stuff. And realistically, after talking to Reaper a couple of times, sir, by the way, I have my, my, my chihuahuas in my lap and they're <laughs> arguing right now. <laughs> Quite all right. <laughs> of a guest. So they're, they're two surprised guests, by the way. There you go. <laughs> so <laughs> one's a puppy and she's, uh, she's literally biting the other puppy. Anyway, the, the, the point is, you know, if you look at, at, at Bones and Reaper, what they were trying to do is they had a lot of old stock of minis, right? Uh, because, you know, Reaper has been doing miniatures for like a million years. And they had a lot of pewter miniatures that that had accumulated over time in their warehouse. And they take those things to trade shows and, they, you know, they dump them off and they sell them. But they just had a, 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 a big sum. And I think what Bones was kind of designed to do really was, hey, let's clear out some of this back stock. Let's get some of this stuff out of here. And, and give it away at a good price that people want. And then we'll also make some new models that are brand new, never been created, that we've always wanted to do. And once they saw that the numbers went bananas, they realized, holy crap, not only are we not, not only do we not have that many in inventory, but we can't make that many models at the cost of pewter. So we're going to have to go to plastic. So then they decided, you know what, balls at a wall. Let's go ahead and just give away, you know, 200 models for 99 bucks. 50 cents a model and we'll make them in plastic. We'll buy the equipment. We'll use the money to buy the equipment to make these models. And we won't make any money on this Kickstarter, but what we'll do is we'll have a great infrastructure. And that's what they did, you know? Uh, and they created a great infrastructure for themselves to allow themselves to have a company that can sustain plastic injection molding and a variety of other ways of making minis for years to come. Nice. And I think that's awesome. But again, this goes back to what you said. Can you prepare for these type of things? No, you can't. There's no way to do it. Uh, because you never know, right? You can sell this stuff and and have uh, you know ten thousand people be uh, on your Kickstarter backing you, or you could put the coolest Kickstarter like Gates of Antares did, with amazing people that uh, you know are, are some of the best of the best, right? I mean, some of the oldest hats right. in gaming were on Gates of Antares and still are, and they were not able to fund. And they, and they they tried to have a lofty goal, right? They put they put a true number. If you look at them, they were the first and only company to really put up a real number. They had a hundred thousand pounds they wanted. Hello? Oh, that's so weird. Hold on a
Okay, weird, uh, weird call. Oh, dang, I don't know how that happened, but we are back, and that's what's important. So, yeah, and well, but, the, so, the 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 magic of editing, right? Yeah. So you <laughs> can uh, blip. There you can go. adjust as needed. Yeah. So okay, but that's a that, actually that's a pretty cool insight into the Kickstarter thing because heck, I've never run one. I've just seen one go well and go poorly. But okay, the Gates of Antares thing—that was the video game that they tried to run, do, right? No, 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 no. They actually went and and the game that now is uh, a, an actual board game. I'm oh, sorry, board okay. game, an actual miniatures game that uh, they partnered up with. Uh, um, God, not war- yeah, Warlord. Oh, okay. uh, out of the UK. Oh, okay. so and you know what I'm talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, no, the game. Okay, I just I remember someone. I thought they were trying to put up a video game version of it at first, but maybe that was something a different thing. I'm thinking about that they tried to kickstart. Yeah, no, that was the game. They originally okay. tried to kickstart the whole game, and they had a lofty goal of a hundred thousand dollars. And unfortunately, because they were truthful about how much they needed to raise, people were scared off. They said, "No way, this is going to get a hundred thousand uh, pounds." We so we're not even going to put. We're not even going to waste our time putting our money. We're interested. But we're not going to put our money into it because, you know what, it needs too much money to grow. I remember and that because th- they were tweeting about it and they're like, come yeah. on, help us. And people were looking at it. And, dude, that's like that's like the, the alternate to, like, what, 4th and 5th edition 40K now that everybody's, like, raving about on there. Right. And people are loving that, and they're just right. I mean, the only thing I've heard was on Jaded Gamercast. I was listening to that one, and they were they were talking about the the the, the they they want uh, they want more models, they want more variety of models. But other right. than that, everyone's loving that game. I right, felt bad right. too because I'm like, dude, every this is like this this is like the pantheon of of like the the uh, the forty k game designers. Yeah, I mean that's what together. it was, and that, that's all the people that were on it. There were all these old hats, all these great you know, these great gaming minds. And, you know, again, what, what ended up happening with this was that, you know, they were truthful about what they needed. And unfortunately that scared the public off. So, and my whole point to get around back to the whole meaning of this was that if you are honest and you put together your true budget and you say, you know what, we need, we need $180,000 to do this game. Right. Um, and you put that as what you need, you're never going to, you're going to fail completely. So, all of us as manufacturers take a wild guess and we really say, okay, I'm going to, we need a hundred thousand. Okay. Our goal will put up at 50 and you know what, do I have $50,000 in the bank that I can guarantee to these people without them knowing that I can guarantee I'm going to put my own dime in here. If this thing does $51,000. And unfortunately that is what I had to do personally for the first Kickstarter and the second. And luckily, the second was something a little less stressful because we already had a growing company and we already knew what it can and couldn't support. But uh, that's what all these Kickstarters really bank on, right? So this is what's crazy about the industry. And again, the passion, and you got you got to love the passion because the passion leads to dedication. Dedication leads to repeat customers. Uh, you know, if we had these people that kind of floundered in and out and they were interested today and not interested tomorrow and they didn't have 10 armies that they can paint – well, they wouldn't need great bags to carry those awesome models because they didn't spend five years painting them and, and collecting them. So who cares if they sit in the shoebox, right? Um, we wouldn't have repeat customers that buy your next expansion, your next edition, because guess what? They never, never were invested long enough in the first one to get anywhere. So th- these are all things that that make the industry great, but also at the same time make the in- industry very challenging to predict. Uh, and <laughs> This is what I deal with on a daily basis uh, and and have to kind of overcome uh, as a multiple business owner in the industry with the, with the, with the bags, of course, in the accessory line and then in, in the miniature making uh, production of models line. So uh, it's crazy, man. It's a lot of work. And that's what I was saying. Boy, at the beginning of the conversation, I was saying we need, you know, 
couple more hours in the day. Couple, just a couple more. That's all I need. Just a couple <laughs> more. Yeah. So okay. So what's what's new in what's new in the bags in the foam? I've gotten the the I got that latest uh, last time we talked. Actually, back in uh, I think last time we talked was back in August. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, you had sent Gen me, Con, right? Right after yeah, right Gen after Con, Gen Con. And um, you we had uh, in fact we had the 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 big uh, contest and we had uh, the the happy winner getting the the starter kit for the uh, for the Wild West Exodus and then um, I had gotten the new the new uh, that new pack what was the new pack you sent um, I I three fifty two does I that think sound so, right Yeah yeah oh and I've, I love you I have so much battle my kids know that that's the only type of phone my kids know. Dad, oh no, kidding! That's yeah, awesome. battle foam shows up. Like, Dad, you got new battle foam. I'm like, you're darn right, I did. Because yeah. I got two of the XLs, and they're always, which one is this stuff in? Which one's that stuff in? I had to mark the two different ones. So when I told them to go, go get, go get the pack. They're like, which, which pack? Because there's like just stuff everywhere. Right, right. My son's got all of his uh, war machine stuff in in foam, and we've actually got two Malifaux bags. One for my stuff, and one for my wife's Malifaux stuff. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's just so dumb at this that's point. Cool. Like, it's just great. But it's you know what you know I know it's safe. In fact, right, right. I, I, I remember I told you the story one time. I had it up on a shelf, and I don't know what happened, but someone either spilled. I, I swear, I think the kids spilled something, and they denied it. But someone claims <laughs> there was a sweaty pipe in my basement. And I'm like, there ain't no sweaty pipes in my basement. But I went and grabbed a bag, and I opened it, and water had dripped into onto the bag. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it got into one of the squares, into one of the slots in the foam. Right, and that foam is glued so tight and so well that I looked and I saw water when I opened it up, and I said, <gasps> and I looked, and the water had gotten into two of those little spots, and and yeah. nowhere else, like it well, held, it's like like a little, like a little compartment for yes, you, just in case you need it. Yes, it literally I looked, I was like, it's it, it didn't leak through. Now I'm not saying people should test this and pour water in their battle foam. Don't blame well, me. Feel free. Come on, but, let's do it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but it did. It held the water in those two compartments, and nothing got into anything else. All my models were safe. I was like. Okay, that was it. That sold me right there. Everything got converted. All my old GW, uh, those big plastic cases. That was right, right, right. Yeah, pulling out the old foam and <laughs> replacing it all with battle foam. That was it. I was sold right there. That was done. Yeah. So no, I, I, and, and this is like you know we hear stories like this all the time. You know we we hear people you know had uh, you know they had a house fire and like the only thing survived is the battle. It's crazy. We've heard so many crazy. You know we had a guy that uh, had his poor car stolen and they when they when they ransacked his stuff they they try to break in the car first and then for some reason they, he had one way or another ended up with the car being stolen too. But they threw all his junk out of his car. He had clothes and stuff in there and they didn't want it so they. They threw all his junk out of the car, left it on the ground by where the car was, but then they took his bag. They didn't realize what it was. They thought it was just like a, a stupid piece of luggage, and they, they they threw out the window. And this thing was, uh, I guess, close to like a like little river's edge, if you want to call it that. Oh or what, God! Okay. In, in England, by the way, like a little water channel running off. And he he found his clothes and his shoes and a bunch of junk, uh, you know, on the side of the road. And then his bag was at this bottom of this hill sitting half submerged in this in this like little ravine thing a car was stolen gone all this stuff but uh they didn't take his army and his models are safe in the thing so we we're like holy crap you know that's a pretty awesome story <laughs> that is. Uh, i mean we have people that tell us you know their pet snake uh found its way into the thing and now you know had had used it as a little home and they have to get a new bag because the pet snake has like you know made the bag his home and crazy i mean we are all kinds of crazy crazy stuff and uh you know it's what makes it fun though man you know we really appreciate those kind of stories and we 
we appreciate people having a good time and, and enjoying the industry and that we're part of it. And it's pretty cool. Uh, but you know, at all the time, like I said, we have to come up with new stuff. And I mean, right now, some of the stuff I, I got to tell you about, because there's a lot of cool stuff happening, uh, with Battlefield in general. So, and I'll tell you about some of them just kind of like, um, you know, just touching on them because they're official and they're exciting. First thing, let's hear guild, it. guild ball, right? We've, we've signed an official uh, deal with guild ball, uh, and the, the awesome people at guild ball, and we're going to be doing an official guild ball bag. So, with their help, we're meeting them actually next week at Gamma. Uh, Gamma is actually the uh, the the show for um, you know that you have with uh, all the retailers. Right. Well, they're the Gam or the uh, Guild Ball guys are coming down from from the UK, and we're going to be down here uh, in Las Vegas in a week, and we're going to discuss the bag design. I got some great ideas for them. I think there's some cool ways that we can make this bag design really awesome. And for anybody that's a Guild Ball fan, and I know you have them listening at somewhere out there. Uh, get ready for a sweet, sweet bag coming out. Uh, our goal is before the summer. So look for it to get produced really fast and it come out really cool. Uh, so that's exciting. Then, uh, Oh, I'm on your website right now and under shop by game. I see guild ball here. There are 51 games listed that you have battle foam. Yeah. For. Is that I bananas? Mean, yeah. I mean, I remember clicking on this and there used to be like 10. Yeah. And there's 51 it, games man. listed here, including guild ball. So uh, uh, that's yeah. I have a hard time with my own website. I really do. <laughs> I, I go in there and I, you know, we, we, our sales guys will say, Hey, you know, what's going on with this, this and that. And I go, uh, I don't, let me, hold on. I got to look, man. You know, I don't, I don't know. It's been, you know, it's been two weeks since we released that product. I don't know where it's at. I don't know what's going on. So it's just so much stuff. Crazy. Uh, but yeah, so Guild Ball, very exciting. So anybody that's a Guild Ball fan looks at that. Uh, we're working right now with uh, Flames of War. We want to bring back the black Flames of War bags. We had them limited edition years ago. We're working with them really hard. Uh, we want to do the black with the red label on it. It's super cool. It's sold out in like record time. We want to bring that back. We're just working out the details. This time. I'm hoping that we can get this done very quickly. So look for something uh, to be done with that. Ideally, again, before summer. That's our goal there. Um, we have a really sweet sale going on right now. We, we, you know, we have, we have a 20,000 square foot warehouse in the U S here in Arizona. We have, we have uh, one, a third that size in the UK, but the one in the U S we went through and we did our end of year uh, inventory of all of our, we do this every January. We do our end of year inventory, look at all our foam trays, see all the stock we have. And we had so much freaking stock made because our, our new warehouse manager that we, we hired last year is so epically efficient that we just we we went to a production level where we got out over 1400 orders came in over the black friday sale in november right this okay. is our four day mega sale we have every year at, at thanksgiving we had 1400 total orders that came in 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 the four days all of them were out in three weeks that's bananas yeah no that's crazy. that's bananas i mean outside of custom ones where we were waiting for the customer to get back to us on, you know, whatever they wanted. And, you know, we have to wait for the back and forth that so we can design what they want, but every single other design, 1400, man. I mean, that's crazy. That is, I mean, that's, uh, that's, and that's so, quick. I mean, I, I know I've ordered and stuff comes quick. Even my wife's like, man, you just ordered that and you ordered custom trays too. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's just wild to think how many of those items got out and how quickly they got out and, and how many people were involved in it. And, and, uh, you know, but this helped us find all of this over overproduced product. Right. 
So we did this awesome sale. It's on our website right now. All you have to do is go look for it. It's called the spring cleaning sale. And we've never done the sale before. I mean, we got trays that are normally $24 selling for seven bucks. I'm not even kidding you. Nice. We, we, we got to get it out of here. I mean, we're losing money on him, but it's like, I need the space because we have all this cool new stuff coming in that we're going to be making. And all these new products we launched just this in the last couple months, there's no room. I mean, 20,000 square feet sounds like a, a, a you know, fortress, but it, it's packed. It's always packed. We always have so much inventory that, that it, it's just, it's packed. So we had to tell him, look, man, you know, we got to get it out of here. So now we have this crazy I'm amount it right of, now, of dark trace. Eldar warriors, venoms, everything. I mean, oh, yeah. there, there is, there's 60 troop trays, which are one some of the most popular trays we do. The the 60 large model troop tray uh, thing that that those trays. I mean, we sell 50, 60 a month regularly, right? Without the sale, and now we're doing them on the sale, and it's crazy because I think they're eight bucks, seven or eight bucks. Yep. Right. Uh, we have the uh, you know Infinity. You're talking Infinity. You're a big Infinity guy. We have the Beta Infinity uh, models, right? There's there's like the little Beta bag. It's like a tiny right. little small bag we have a four tray kit in there i want to say those things are nine bucks i, I couldn't even tell you for sure but i think they're like nine bucks and they it's crazy because you get four trays for nine bucks and it's with the same things we were charging 20 and 24 dollars for just a little while ago so there's all kinds of sales to be had we also have some bags on sale over there uh, i highly recommend if you guys are looking for some inexpensive solutions same quality the foam still comes with a lifetime warranty dude same warranty. So you're, you're, you're buying these trays at seven bucks and they're literally guaranteed for life. Are you kidding me? I mean, yeah, it's crazy. It, oh, it, Star Wars and Imperial fleet stuff is in here. Yeah. Seven yeah. bucks from 20 and 25. Yeah. Universal foam trays. Yeah. While Oh yeah, this is, there's also, Oh boy, I got to look at this later. Okay. There's so much stuff in there. I mean, it, 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 trust me, the response has been epic, right? We've got really great response. So I'm pretty happy with how it's gone. I did not expect it to be this good. I had no idea that we would would be able to move this stuff as quickly as we we could. But it's great because we're making people happy, which is key, right? Customers are super excited. Some people might be, you know, kind of touching base with 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 Battlefone for the first time because they they feel that the price is where they think it's right, you know, and they want it at that price to justify buying it. And maybe those people will come in at four or five bucks and eventually say, you know what, the quality is there. The rumors are true. I do get the bang that I want for my buck. I'm going to go at Christmas and then buy a 720 or a 1520 or whatever it is, right? And I'm yep. going to do it because I, I think that it's worth it. So th that's what's really cool about it, uh, about the sale. It yeah. really covers all the bases. Definitely check and, it out, and I'll throw a link in the show notes too for anybody who wants to get in there. And and you can also find it on our sponsor page on the Garage Hammer site. Just click on Sponsors and click on the Battle Foam picture, and you'll go right to the, right to their site. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, yeah, there it is, that. the half-troop half, the half troop kit for the Infinity Beta bag, four trays, 10 bucks. That's ridiculous. <laughs> no, especially <laughs> when it was like $28 before some crazy number, man. Oh. So uh, super excited about that. So look for that. And then, of course, we're going to Depticon. We're going to see everybody there. Big booth, as always. We're going to have all the new bags, all the new limited edition stuff. So limited edition cases we have right now, the red and the blue uh cases for the 432 we've never had these they still have the awesome moly system stuff on them the difference is again they're the limited edition red and blue same quality same durability same cool skin everything's still identical to what you're used to with battle foam the only difference 
you're getting them in the red and the blue that people have been asking for. So, you know, that, that space Marine blue, that blood angel red, everybody loves those colors. Uh, we wanted to bring those to you and get them out. So, so people can get those and while they last, uh, they are limited quantity. So once we do them, I'm probably not going to come back at least for three, four years. So if you're going to be looking to get these right now, it's going to be quite a little bit of time until that happens. Uh, uh, the next thing, uh, gosh, what else do we have? Uh, oh, the black label 2.0s, right? So we got black label 2.0s. These are, you know about hard cases. You've seen them before. The difference with the hard cases that we have now is, you know, what's crazy. We did these, these cases and people loved them, but the price was unjustifiable. Uh, you know, because we were going through a middleman, you know, we were going right. through a Pelican, which was a partner of ours and they're great people, but you know what? They were making their money too. And it's, it's hard to get a price to go down when you got the middleman. So we decided, you know what, let's go directly to uh, China and say, Hey, you're making these hard cases for other people. Can you make them for us? Can you make them to our specs? Can you make these to the sizes I want? And they said, yep, you know what? We can do it. It's going to cost you a little bit in tooling, but you know what? It can be done and it's going to look right. And we said, okay, then that's it. It's done. Let's make it happen. And now we can offer military grade plastic injection molded hard cases Military grade, not what you're used to at Games Workshop, those those kind of like softer plastic cases. They're nothing like that. These things are watertight, dustproof, uh, air sealed. You're talking about things that can take impact and, nice. and withstand weight and, and demolition. I mean, they're designed for the military. These things are, are, you can carry a 50 caliber machine gun in them, or you can carry 50 space marines. Whatever you like, either one or the other. You know what I mean? So whatever, Both whatever equally is destructive. Boat, there you go. You know, yep. If if you're a if you're a professional assassin on the weekends and you need to carry your your uh, you know unassembled uh, sniper rifle, you can put that in your case, or you can go ahead and pull that foam out and replace it with your uh, you know uh, three uh, Land Raider uh, two drop pod tray. <laughs> so <laughs> nobody will know the difference. There you go. There you go. Uh, disclaimer, folks. Send all your send your emails to Romeo there yeah, on that right. one. That's there you right. go. And your questions on that one. But, oh, uh, yeah, so those are really cool. And, man, we got nice. those all over the website. Check them out on their Black Label 2.0. That's also, uh, you know, easy to find. Just go there on the left side of the screen on, your, on the Battlefront page and look for ba uh, Black Label 2.0. Very so nice. So super stuff. cool. A lot of stuff, man, a lot of stuff going on. And, I mean, gosh, I could talk to you about all night about all the foams and things we're doing. And um, it's just neat stuff. We're very excited. So uh, Celestin Prime, big question. The Celestin yeah. Prime, the big the big AOS Stormcast Eternal, the giant guy, the kind of like Nagash coming on the big spinny cloud. You got a uh, at least a, a template for him under your custom cuts? The the spinny cloud, the guy that has the uh, the spikes on his head, right? Like, yeah. He looks like an angel, like a yeah. giant angel. Absolutely, it's in there. Just go under Sigmar. Excellent. Okay. Age of Sigmar. Absolutely. We've, done, we've had a, a tray for him for, gosh, quite a while now. Excellent. So right when he came out, we got it done. So any, we have an entire array of Aegis Sigmar trays. So look for it. All you have to do is just check it out. Excellent. Right? Just go under Aegis Sigmar, check it out, and it's there. Because I, he's he's one of the guys I got to build for my army, and Lord knows I, I, I don't transport those big guys anymore than anything else. Because no, they get they're really nice and they're beautiful, but man, they they look. I just I'm afraid to drop them. So, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and we and we you know we see that we see the spiky bits, man. We you know we whenever we get models that come in and we look at them, we 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 look you know we we get a model, we get the box, and we say okay, we got to assemble this thing. We assemble our own models in house, right? So we know what the gamer goes through. We see the fragile pieces. We see how much work and love takes to build these things. We're not just 
you know, kind of, that's one thing I, I always want people to know is I'd say 90% of the models I'm assembling, right? So you got at least my word that this, if, if there's a foam tray out there and I tell you something's going to fit in it, I stand behind that, right? Because I built that stupid model myself, play the <laughs> game, play the game or not. I built it right. And right. I, I spent the three, four hours putting it together, cleaning up the mold lines, doing all that stuff. And I, I mean, our warehouse and well, warehouse, our showroom is packed with models. I mean, we have all kinds of stuff. I'll never play, uh, but I have it because I assembled it to make foam for it. And, that's one of the things that I feel like, you know, I wish more of our customers understood is that, you know, we put that love into it. And, and my sales guys are great too, because they help Rick and Kyle help with assembly too. Um, just when I'm out of time. But one of the things about it is that's one of the things we really stand by is we, when we tell somebody, look, man, this thing's going to fit the gray Knight, whatever, whatever, or this thing's going to fit the, the, you know, age of Sigmar latest beast or whatever it is. I want you to know that if you're going to spend 15 bucks, 20 bucks, 25 bucks on this item, we took the time to actually make sure that stupid thing fits. We don't want you to feel like, you know what? I got this thing and I can't fit the horns in. You lied to me. This is BS. I totally got screwed here and I got ripped off. Right. So that we never want that. No, everything right. I've ever picked. And I mean, and I've got a bunch of the big guys. I've got the, the, you know, the terror geists and I've got those other things like that. Everything has always fit perfectly. The mortise engines, everything you've, everything I've ever clicked on, on your site and picked. It's like, do this, this, this boom, you've got it. Everything's always fit perfectly. It's one of the things I've, I've never had a problem ever. Yeah, yeah. It's it's always been perfect. So okay. So speaking, you said you build all these models, whether you play the game or not. Speaking of games, I know you play. What's going on with Wild West Exodus? I know you got your Kickstarter's wrapping up soon. Yeah. So good news on the Kickstarter side of things, right? So we had the second Kickstarter. We are one month early for delivery. We had told everybody in our Kickstarter and and. I don't want to toot our own horn, but how many Kickstarters are early? Very few, right? Most yeah. Kickstarters are late, if anything. And and then it's a matter of how late are they? Are they a month late? Are they a week late? Are they five months late? Are they a year and a half late? I mean, there's just so many out there that unfortunately don't expect to to run into problems, and they do, and they they kind of overpromise and underdeliver. We we said the complete opposite. We said let's 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 under promise and over deliver let's do it the other way let's let's tell people you know what this thing's going to take a year and if we get lucky and everything goes the way we want at least we can stand by our word and say you know what we got it to you guys in a year that's what it was and go figure everything went right we just were we were just very lucky uh our production guys our our 3d designer our you know myself and the rest of the guys that do the art stuff everybody really said, you know what, let's take this. We're going to, we're going to take ownership of this. We made a promise. Let's deliver the promise we made. Let's give the people what we said we were going to, but in a, in a, in a timely manner that they're happy with. Uh, and, and it's awesome because you know what people have been getting their stuff there. The delivery day was supposed to be, uh, March 30th. Right. Right. So it's March 7th, 10th, whatever it is. I don't even know what time of the month. It well, is, but. well when, when people are listening to this, it'll be the 10th. So The 10th. There you go. Right. Okay. So it's the 10th of the month, right? Hypothetically, you're listening to this on the 10th. So that's three weeks, give or take, early. Well, guess what? We started shipping four weeks ago. Sweet. So we're so happy because people are getting their models and they're impressed and they're happy with the sculpts. And that means so much to us because, God, it takes so much to go from, from, from idea to to idea the concept from concept to art 
from art to, to actual sculpting, 3D sculpting, from sculpting to 3D printing, from 3D pil- printing to master mold, from master mold to resin production or plastic injection molding, uh, and all this stuff, man. There's just steps, and they take time. It's just, again, so much time in the day, and you have to use it accordingly. You can only ask people to work 40 to 50 hours a week before they hate you, and <laughs> and and sometimes you squeeze 51 hours, and they and they still hate you a little more. And it's one of those things where if you can just get everybody on the same page and believing in the, in the end result is worth it. Uh, it really pays out and that's, that's what it's done. And we're so, so happy because, you know, right now we, we, I always want to release 10 factions from, from the first day I conceived wild west Exodus as an idea. I said, you know what? There's, there's 10 factions in this world. And we talked about them in the first book. We talked about them in the first rule book. We talked about them in the first day of fluff. Everything was always 10 factions. The Confederate Rebellion was always there. It, they, they already had a place on the map. They just weren't released the first Kickstarter. We never got there. Uh, you know, the Golden Army, the Mexicans, that was also part of the story. They were, they were an intricate part of the way that the fluff moved. And, and we just couldn't get to them money-wise. Money uh, of course, the Watchers, right? The aliens, yep. they, were, they were always part of it. They were there. The alien was there. They were there before the Cowboys were actually there in our universe. You know, they were right. the aliens were fighting the Holy Order of Man before time started if you will right so this this galactic war this this war within our world that then transfers itself to this you know 18 you know late 1800s era where the game is taking place currently uh has history and roots all over the place right in the universe and in the in the age of the universe and uh we again couldn't get to it on the first one i I knew i wanted to do it so these factions were a big deal for me to to get out and and make sure that it was there. And then, of course, the Dark Nation, right? The corrupted, holiest of holy people, which are the Warrior Nation, the Indians, right? Right. The, the how the corruption and the the evil that's the Dark Council and the the negative energy that uh, the RJ ten twenty seven puts out. Uh, how it, it can corrupt even the cleanest of souls and the and the best of of natured people. Um, all these all these factions were such a cool thing to bring to life in the second Kickstarter and the models, man. I mean, all anybody has to do is go to wildwestexodus.com and just start perusing the minis. Um, so detailed. Oh yeah. We don't waste any effort when it comes to the excitement and the coolness of those, those minis and how, what they look like. Oh no, I'm looking at that and you know, Jim Wapple often posts on our Facebook page, you know, and he's posts, he posts like twice a day on it, on these pages. Cause you know, cause like, the guy never sleeps. No, no, and he's a painting machine. He's a robot. Exactly. And so he's got some of the, you know, he's getting the new stuff and he's starting to paint and you're starting to see this stuff. I'm like, man, this is so good. It's like, well, it looks like I might be expanding past uh, past Abraham Lincoln here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's so much interesting stuff. And I got, you know, I got that original trilogy. You got Craig Gallant and and and, uh, yes. and Werner writing on that. And it's so interesting, such interesting stuff. I'm, I'm so, I'm so glad for you. You know what's really interesting though? And it's so, it's so much fun. I, I um, was listening to some of the transition in you, because um, I you know I used to listen to Forty K Radio. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to listen to you talk about different games and different systems. And it was right after the first Kickstarter, after Wild West Exodus came out. Yeah. And then uh, I think it was Sixth Edition came out. It was Sixth Edition came out for for Forty K. Yeah. And then you guys were going over it and viewing it and talking about it. And the guys you were with were sort of doing you know this and that and talking about this and, that. and you're like, well, listen, you know, I gotta say. 
you know, when you put this stuff out, like they were talking, you know, you were talking about like the the, the two tone parts on the cover and stuff. Like, no, this takes a lot of stuff. It was it was funny. There was a a, de- a definite difference in your attitude towards appreciation. The production. Yeah. yeah, appreciation, <laughs> man, because uh, towards it, the little things that they oh, did. You know, it's like whether you like the actual game mechanics or certain things in the game or not. There was a definite appreciation of what they yeah. were putting out. You're like. Because they were like begging, you're like, no, you don't understand. Like, even this, the two tone parts in the cover, the shiny and the flat, they're like, dude, this is cool. There's a lot going on here that they're doing. That right. I just remember listening to it in your voice, and it was like, at, right after you put out Wild West Exodus, that all of a sudden it's like, wow, Romeo, is, <laughs> now that he put out his own game, he woke up. Yeah, yeah. it's like, it's like, it's, it, there's, there's a little less of that uh, Monday morning quarterback in his tone, and the other yeah. guy still had it, but you were like, no, no, you don't know what you're talking about. And right. that was just so much fun to listen to, and I'm not making, I'm not picking on you, you know? Oh, no, you, no, and, and you are, you couldn't but, be any more right, man. I mean, I think the biggest thing, you hit the nail right on the head when you point that out, because you are absolutely right. It was right around that time when I got, like, literally a, a, a bucket of cold water thrown in my face about the realization of the effort that every single miniature company, and we talked about this beginning of the show here, where we were talking about, you know, how 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 they have to adapt. How GW, a big big hitter with 100 million pounds a year in revenue, has to constantly over, you know, overanalyze and change everything because they have to adapt. That is, the, that is what makes our in, our interest, industry so interesting, and it's what made me realize, holy cow. First of all, dummy, you don't know everything. Number one, right? Wake up. <laughs> no, number two, you're never too old to learn more stuff about the industry you're in. I think that was the that was a big realization. I really had thought, what more really is there out there, right? Um, I, I'd seen success with with Battlefoam. I'd, I'd seen a company go from you know no employees to you know thirty employees with Battlefoam, and I thought, okay, where where where, where else can we go from here? Where what is there to do? Uh, okay, make more trays, make more bags. Okay, but what 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 am I to learn from this industry? And going into the miniature side is you just learn so much more, and you get so much appreciation for the hard work that goes into every single sculpt. And 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 we're actually cheating a little bit because we three D sculpt, right? And right. and I mean, the industry's gone to that, right? Technology is is yeah, everybody's using it now. But everybody uses yeah. it, but we cheated. We never went through the. Gr- I mean, I. I would be dead. Honest to God, I think I would have had a stroke by now because if I would have had to go through what originally people did 10 years ago where there was a sculptor and he was in like in Spain or in like Germany or in Canada or wherever, right? And this sculptor sat there and and you gave him the project and you gave him art and he sat there and you didn't see what he did because sculptors take time, right? Hand sculpting took forever at times with people. And and he and they sat there with the putty and the little pieces they had to make and the little plastic rods and uh, and the little the little uh, brass rods they have to put in where the gun barrels are so they're actually straight. Right, exactly. They, all the BS that goes into doing that and and, and then you know the, the boots have to be symmetrical because they're identical boots, right? And when they you know he doesn't wear a ten and a half on one foot and an eight and a half on the other, right? So the guy's got to sit there and symmetrically balance that out, and and all of that stuff was all done by hand. And and while that was being done as a creator, you sat there waiting and, and, and twirling your thumbs. Okay, Bob, is it ready? You know, Jim, is it ready? Tony, whoever your sculptors were. Right. I need this. I need this by tomorrow. Oh man, my kid got sick. I I didn't do any sculpting last night. What? What do you mean you didn't do any sculpting? I'm gonna kill you. I need this model two days ago because it's gotta go to casting and right. this and that. And or or better yet, you know, oh I sculpted all 10 models. They're flawless. I've sent you pictures. You got them. Yeah, I love them package was lost in the mail what what do you mean the package was lost in the mail you know what i mean it's like exactly this stuff happened all the time to these poor people and 
until I realized that in, and you know, again, with us cheating, right. And doing it in 3d and saying, you know what, take that boot, flip it, mirror it. And now it's the same boot on the other foot, but it's mirrored. And now you just adjust it, put it in a different spot. It's done. Um, you know, he's got two six shooters. Okay. Well, we don't have to sculpt two of them. We just sculpt one, flip it, turn it, put it in the other hand. <laughs> okay. Done. <laughs> I mean, these programs are so cool. Even hands, right. You know, hands, you know, a sculptor have to have to sculpt the fist closed and a fist open. And you have to make sure those fists are the same size when they're both closed or both open. Well, it, it, you know, in computer graphics, you, you just pose them open and then you just close them over the gun or the mallet or the, or the exactly. shield or the gun or whatever you have. And, and it's done and it's, it's symmetrical. It looks identical every time. Uh, all of these things made me realize, man, holy cow. And, and here we are on this show doing 40 K radio sitting on our, you know, what's, uh, <laughs> BSing all day, making fun of it. Oh, look at that guy's face. He looks so stupid. And oh my God, I can't believe he put that model out. His legs totally wrong. And you know, he looks like he's ice skating and you know, just total <laughs> right. Total just turds about the whole thing. I don't do that anymore. Let me tell you that right now. <laughs> even, even if a model looks like complete bunk, I will not ever criticize it the way I used to, because it's an, it, it's a, it's a different state of mind now, you know? Uh, and I'm almost 40. I think I may have grown up in the last seven years in this business. <laughs> I mean, you know, came at, came into the business as a 33 year old, uh, wild man. And I think over the years, uh, I'm more of a 40 year old, uh, uh, you know, business person now understanding how much work goes into it and, and appreciating the people that we have that are our customers. Uh, cause they do a lot for us, man. You know, they make, they, they pay the bills for so many of my employees, uh, and they make our lives possible. And, and that's a cool thing. That's a very cool thing. Cool. So, all right. Uh, so before I anyway. let you before I let you go, because yeah. I know I've kept you longer than I than I said I would. I said about a half hour, and we're hitting an hour. So oh, geez, sorry. I no, I totally. <laughs> that's my fault. I'm sorry. You got to get. I got to let you go here. But um, all right. So before I do, is there any 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 last things? Any any tidbits? Any uh? You got any, okay. any anything? Okay. I, I got I, I got a good one for you. All, all right. right. Now, all you right. guys are listening this on the 10th. Garage Hammer exclusive. A, this is hot. This is a very hot, hot topic, and this is this is podcast related. Okay, Ooh. so this is this is an undo battle foam, and, and I'm glad that you brought up 40k radio because it kind of it's a very nice transition right into it, a segue, Sweet. if you will. Nice. Uh, okay, people thought for the longest time 40k radio was dead. Okay, uh, the main reason why is because well, there were no more shows, so technically it was. Yeah, there hasn't been uh, a show in a long it's, time. It's been sitting you know, on my feed, just quiet. Yeah, I mean, it's just we didn't end it, but at the same time, we didn't unend it, right? Right. Uh, Kyle had a kid, and that became his life. Rick is a kid, and that's his life. <laughs> uh, you know, and then there's me trying to corral both of those knuckleheads uh, and do a show in a timely manner. It just was not happening. Plus, you know, I had the Kickstarter, Kickstarter 1, Kickstarter 2, uh, and, of course, running the businesses we have. So it was very hard. And one thing that I never was going to do was do just a terrible show, even though a lot of people say, what do you mean? They're all terrible, but <laughs> we, we, we weren't going to do an unprepared show. Sure, our, our shows were terrible, but they were prepared terrible. And, and we knew they were going to come out terrible. That's what we attempted to do. So, <laughs> Hey, we get similar uh, shows. Know, Sounds like, yeah, I know the, I know the, you know, the feeling, I know the plan. Yeah. So, but, but what we said we weren't going to do is just wing shows, you know, go out there and not have a clue and just kind of just throw things at the, at, at the audience and hope they enjoy it. And because that just, you can see right through that crap. Uh, so when we realized we just didn't have the time to prepare for them anymore, we, we pulled the plug, uh, for the time being newsflash. Latest news being broken here. 
there is going to be a huge change in 40k radio the announcement's going to be coming in about two weeks it's going to be before adepticon we're doing a show okay i'm going to air i'm going to talk to you about it on your show but we're going to do the show uh that's going to air on the 21st of this month uh and this is march so the 21st of this month uh it is going to be the same three knuckleheads me rick and kyle it's still going to be 40K radio, but there is going to be a major announcement there of exactly what's going to happen with the show going forward. The show will continue. I'll tell you that. Uh, there is, I will tell you this other thing, there is a change of ownership for the, sh- for the show. Okay. Uh, it, is, it, is, it is moving hands. It is, being, it is being transitioned over to an extremely capable body that will, and I would want to spoil it because that you have to tune in for that. You got to find out. Okay. Who is going to lead 40K radio going into the future? Kind of excited uh, to hear this now. Isn't this cool? Isn't yeah. this cool? Uh, and it's the the person that's taking this under their wings and making it their own and and, and actually buying it from us uh, is going to not only keep the tradition of 40K radio live and keep doing 40K radio, but he is going to open it up to a variety of new hosts. Uh, he wants to make it like a network. He'll actually garage hammer can be very much part of that in a lot of different ways. Uh, and this person is not only driven, but he's been successful in the, in this industry for years. Uh, he has a trial tried proven record of being liked, which is very hard to do. Okay. <laughs> yes. So, uh, he, uh, I think out of all the people that were interested in purchasing 40 K radio, he has the most, he is the most likable by far. Right. Uh, he has the least detractors, and that was a big thing for me because people had asked for many months since we stopped doing the show, hey, is it for sale? Are you trying to get rid of it? I'm like, no, not really. I mean, it's just there. Uh, and a lot of people came to me and said, look, I w- I'll buy it from you. You know, I want to do it. You know, I think it's a great show. I think it's got a great name. Uh, and we just said, you know, no, that's not what we're all about until the right person came and, and we had conversations. And all of this is going to come to fruition here in the next couple of weeks. And the announcement will be officially on the on the first 40K radio show, which is actually going to be a six-part swan song series, which is us three hosts kind of uh, transitioning over to the new hosts and to the new excitement of what new 40K radio will be. So that's, that is like literally the lid off the top. And you Exploded. heard it here first, folks. Another exclusive. Thanks, Romeo. Yeah. First Excellent. time ever, never been spoken of. <laughs> beautiful wonderful I'm, I'm i'm honored thank you no Privileged. problem man it's good stuff all right well listen i am gonna let you go because like i said i've kept you way longer than i <laughs> promised the time you promised me so once again i've yapped too much but uh listen you're welcome as you know to come on anytime and we will definitely talk probably before gen con if not at gen con um and um i i'll see you at uh, adepticon then in a few weeks Absolutely, man. And we're excited to see you guys. Uh, and we really appreciate what you do for the industry. Uh, I can't tell you how awesome, uh, you know, what you guys do is and, and uh, how cool the show has become over the years. And Thanks, I wish you nothing but luck. And thank you for having me. All I right. It, I will talk to you soon. And folks, we will be back in just a few minutes with Alex Gonzalez. So stick around.
unique gifts and games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. back back again oh, okay so if you haven't learned enough about what it means to do your own kickstarter and run a company and do your battle foam and all that sort of stuff now you're going to hear what it is to play in tournaments run tournaments and be be the all-around tournament guy i'm here with alex gonzalez now alex thanks for coming on thanks for having me always a pleasure to be on well thank you for saying that i appreciate that my friend so let's see. You were also at Holy Wars. Uh, I was. Greg Person was on a couple segments ago, and he mentioned that he played you. So I didn't even realize that when he came on. So got a, another little connection going in here. So uh, how was it, man? Oh, it was great. I saw it last year. I just drove down and did a day trip just to check it out last year uh, when they were still doing eighth. And you know, you just get floored by Herner's tables and the effort that those guys have put into that event and with how everything's laid out, how each of the tables is its own scenario and you don't play on the same table twice. And it really, how they have it set up really truly fit the style of AOS. And I left the tournament, like I didn't do particularly well, but <laughs> um, I left the tournament thinking that's the way AOS should be. Um, just doing cool stuff where it's about objectives, not about tabling your opponent and just having fun and rolling dice. And it was a really, it was a great weekend. It really was cool. You were sorely missed. Sorely uh, missed. Well, uh, thank you for saying that too. I appreciate it. But you know, I'm, I am a ghost at tournaments. It's, it's a, it's a rare occasion when I make it to them. Oh, I know. But uh, so now, uh, like I said, now um, Steve was on in the beginning of the show, and and um, and and uh, Greg was on earlier. So we've got the basics. So everyone kind of knows what was going on and how it was run and how the points and everything were going. So what were the, what were some of the highlights for you? I mean, we've got some other things we want to talk about, but I still want to talk about what the highlights were for you and how some of the games went and things like that for you. You know, not necessarily play by play, but just. What what really what made this so enjoyable for you? Um, well, it's just you play every table differently, and you have to adjust your strategy, adjust how you're going to play things accordingly. And if you can adjust well, you stand a fighting chance. I did not adjust well to a couple of mine. Like there was one, the ogre table where I pulled up against Patrick Brindleson. You know Pat, right? He's probably one of the single coolest guys ever. Um, and the scenario was your general 
could not fight, and you had to do more wounds to your opponent's army with your general than your general did to your army. So I have Skarsnik, which is not (laughs) particularly great. So when we get to the table, he's like, well, I'm just going to do the Celeste in Prime. That's my general. I'm like, dude, you're going to put Skarsnik has to try to keep up with the Celeste in Prime? Okay. All right. Fine. No, but I mean, your general is picked before you get to the table, right? I mean, you don't have a choice. I mean, or or can you? With this, it wasn't picked when you before anything you picked when you rolled up to the table because you built your list at the table oh that's right oh so so you had skarsnik and he he's like all right celestin prime all right yeah gotcha yeah and it it was a it was an interesting experience pat and i had a really awesome game i had a unit of trolls go through a 15 pack of liberators in one round um and it was just total back and forth and then the prime showed up and decided to completely wreck my day, but that's what he does. That's his job. Um, but awesome game, but I came out of that 20-0'd because I did not adjust my strategy accordingly. I should have just focused all my efforts on killing the Prime instead of trying to have Skarzink do a lot of damage because he can't. He does good stuff, but not that good stuff. True. So if I should have done... The prime, the prime can't do any wounds. Can't right. Do... Yeah. It's just I didn't realize his his whole thing where he can change a dice roll to whatever he wants could also be used for the charge. So he charged immediately into a mangler squig and killed it. Um, and it was kind of like, oh, crud. Okay. So, but again, I should have been focusing on him and holding back more from when the Prime showed up to go and kill him as opposed to I ran forward a bit more than I probably should have. Um and then just on the one table I played Greg on, it was running around and capturing the center tower, but then also capturing different buildings. And I didn't take a mobile enough list. I should have taken something a bit more um, maneuverable, a bit toothier. Okay, now question. Um, yeah. Now, was it that you didn't have that stuff with you? Like you didn't have it on the in your in your... 30 pool choices at all or of the 20 you chose you didn't make the right choices yes it was both oh okay Um, i only took one i only took one mangler squig i should have taken both um i had never played against steam tanks before and greg had three yeah he was telling me about that he had to get 30 points worth painted and he was just trying to do it in the least amount possible oh he did it um so he had three of those things, and I had never played against one. I don't have an Empire player in my meta. And I should have said, you know, Greg, can I just check out that scroll real quick? Because then it would have been double Mangler Squig, forget the Rock Lobbers, and just go for it. But I right. took the wrong stuff. So it was one of those things that I could have done better, but I did not make the right choices. I think that was the biggest adjustment, was trying to make the right call on what to take in the list. And I got to tell you, those war machines, no, 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 no. Every game, I'm like, you could have been another Mangler Squig. Yep, gotcha. So, <laughs> um, and then I got to play against uh, Andrew, uh, Nerd Apprentice, and his absolutely stunning Bloodbound army on a scenario where I have to defend the Oak of Ages. Um, 
yeah, didn't work out so well. I got turned into a fine red paste uh, very quickly. <laughs> um, those things are hard. They're what, so the Wrathmongers? Oh, any no, it wasn't even the Wrathmongers. They barely did anything. Um, it was the Blood Warriors and then the Priest, uh, the Slaughter Priest. He did the come-hither look with his prayer and made me run at him. All right. Well, my Goblin units are plus two to their run. So I went from being over a foot away to I ran 11 inches at you. <laughs> so it's like, oh, that's great. Now I'm 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 in deep now. This will oh, be fun. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. It was it was a great time and just having <laughs> to play each table and each scenario differently and then try to react to what your opponent's trying to do. It was just awesome. I've not had a lot of fun at a tournament in a long time. Like eighth edition, like towards the tail end, I was not really digging it. And then to have yeah, I know like that this, last year that that Adepticon, God, that was suck. I mean, that was. I mean, what, uh, I mean sorry, pardon me. What? Sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, it absolutely was. It was not anything that I thought it would be, and it was not anything I wanted it to be. And I'm then, sorry. I'm just giving you crap. I did. I mean, no, it was no. just. It was that was that was that was ugh, those that 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 end those end times rules made it rough. It was just no, it no. was brutal. Absolutely, we made the wrong call. It was so, but, uh, but I mean, so you, but the scenarios, man, I mean, seriously, uh, that Greg had said uh, earlier that he felt that scenarios, they weren't exactly balanced, but they led for some really fun games. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. My game one against uh, Tupper playing Stormcast, um, we had the shifting monolith where you just kind of throw it across the table at each other and the whole goal is to do the most damage with it. Okay. Um, I threw it at him, and he's like, oh, man, forget this. And he threw it in the corner, and then he reread the victory condition, and it's like, oh, no. That thing has to do damage for me to win. It's like, <laughs> yep. So back it came. And it was just like, yeah, this is cool. It was it was a good time, and getting to see how different armies played. I mean, I've never played against the Prime before. I never played against Empire. I never played against, like, Zinch Chaos. I played Dave King on the Nurgle table, which I thought was, was really that the interesting. One with the we had to attack the thing in the middle. Yeah, we had to kill the worm. Um, and I got a great picture of the two of us. I put both Mangler Squigs into it, top of one, and I did a lot of wounds. Not gonna lie. Um, and then he went at it with a Manacore Lord and a team of Dragon Ogres and a Chimera and two Wizards. But it just wasn't enough, that realistically. Thing, that, that thing hits back, too, right? Yeah, start of the combat phase, it does an escalating amount of mortal wounds to anything within six inches of it. Jeez. Yeah, it started at, like, D3, and it ended at, like, D6 plus 2 or something like that. Something crazy as you got close to the 49 wounds. But in a turn and a half, I put on uh, 26 wounds, and Dave put on the other 23. So we killed it by like the end of turn two, one and a half. Oh, wow. Um, so the two of us, we killed it really quick. And then he had no Lord on a manticore. He had the dragon ogres were just one bro. And then his chimera's flying around and he's not even gone after the rest of my army. And all I've lost is the mangler squigs. So <laughs> yeah, it was a well, good Well, that was time. his choice to throw all that stuff in there and try to get, now did he get more wounds than you on that? So did he win the objective? No, I, got 26 oh, he got 23 and it has 49 total 
So there you go. So you got the objective on that one too. Yeah, just nice. barely squeaked it. So, and it was it was a good time, and just being able to see all the different things. The wound allocation system, gotta tell you, not a fan. Um, I don't okay, and I, I apologize. Well, I mean, they, no, that's no. the way they played it anyway. But I know I brought that up on the show with Chris Walker, and I got a lot of stick for. It. But you know what? I'm okay. I shouldn't apologize because apparently a lot of people in different groups were playing it that way. Yeah, I, I just I just shined a light on it. I didn't know. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, no. Um, I think I, I think a lot of people aren't going to be playing now that now that people realize there's people playing it that way. People are just going to rule. Play it. In fact, I listened to the latest Helen Hammer, and he was saying, you know, he doesn't know exactly. Like he doesn't claim to, you know, have written the rules or anything like that. But he plays with guys who have worked on the rules, and they've never played it that way with him. So, yeah, and <laughs> letter of the, what it is. Letter of the rule is, you know, that interpretation. But I took a bunch of wounds on my troll unit against Patrick, and each one of them is on life support, pretty much. And the minus tear phase, I'll pop back to full strength. And just you see the look on the guy's face, and it's like if it looks like cheating, if it feels like cheating, and that guy's face is telling you, "Dude, that's cheating." You know, it just it doesn't feel right. Right. So well, and like I said, and it's not so much cheating as that's. I mean, raw. That's the way it's written. That's absolutely. Fine. But you know when something feels wrong, and that felt wrong. So I don't know, but that's just me. Yeah. No. I mean, and like I said, I think I think I think. Here on in, if there's a question of it, most tournaments are going to be playing it the other way, and Absolutely. I think I think as intended, it's it's the other way. It's you know, hit one model till it. They went to great lengths to to make sure in 40k that they said it was that way. Um, I think it was just just kind of you know misworded here by the way that you know by the way that the phase rolled. Um, so, but you know that's that's another story. You know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. You know, yeah. As long as the tournament's a fun time, things happen. Things get ruled away. Things, get, you know. Hey, it, it could have been worse. It could have been a weird comp thing that that allowed a loophole that was busted or something like that that was different. You know. Mm-hmm. At least that everybody knew going in what it was. Yeah, and it was just weird to see how different people built their armies. Like the guy that won, Sean Troy. I think at one point he put five chimeras on the board with oh, wow. summoning. So. Yeah, that's a little rough. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, you'd go back? You liked it? Oh, yeah. I'm for sure going back. And um, I don't know if he talked about his November project, but I'm already working on something for the November project. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it's it was an awesome time. Highly recommend if you can get in to go back. And I there was a bunch of drops like right at the last minute. So if you're local to northern Illinois, western Illinois, um, anywhere in the tri-state area, if you can make it, do it because it was an absolute riot. Sounds good. Sounds like a great time. Everyone I know who went said it was a great time. So I, I'm sad that I was not able to make it, but I had previous commitments. Oh no, family first, man. That's how it goes. It is what it is, exactly. So um, let's move on to uh, what's coming up in here. Just a few weeks, as people are listening to this, uh, Adepticon. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Age of Sigmar coming up. So, um oof, what can people expect? Um you've got the you you bumped you've bumped the points up to 1800. Yeah. Um we got a lot of feedback about that and 
you know, choices were made, and we said, you know what, let's do it. So for the singles, we did go up to 1,800 um, to give people a little more flexibility in what they could and could not take. Um, so that was definitely the right call. Um, the rounds are shorter than they have been in the past, um, so we're going to be done by like five or six every day, so people can still do other things, whether it's um, seminars or other events, or even get just some, you know, yeah, get some dinner, out. hang out, have some time to do other things. I think that's the right call. I think that's a good thing. There's so much to do there. I think that giving people the opportunity to just sort of run about and see everything that there is to see there is a good call. Yeah, the only night that it goes uh, relatively late is Friday with the team tournament, just because you know you're spending time talking to your partner. Then you're interacting with two people across the table. So Friday's going to run a little later, but everything else will run a little earlier than what it has been. Um, So, I mean, obviously, we're not going to shut down the hall. There's going to be open gaming. So if you want to play more games, if you want to try new systems, if you just want to play people you've never played before, you know, the opportunity is there. Excellent. Yes, excellent. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, and then the team tournament on Friday. Um, I think, I mean, the team tournament to me has always been kind of the gem of the 8th edition events, even the 7th edition events uh, that we've done previously. And this year, I think, is really going to be um, probably looking at the scenarios and just how it's going to play out in my head. And just what we've tested, it's probably going to be the best team we've put together nice um like i don't throw that out there lightly um but the game plays itself very well to this kind of event um and it's like we're using the sdk to put armies together but it's not about killing points worth of stuff it's about completing objectives on the table and that's what the game should be about if you make it just about killing stuff then we're just right back at square one but if we use it to make it about objectives and completing things on the table, that, I think, is where the game needs to go. It's, so. it's, it's where this game works best. And we've all determined that by now. Um, and, and, and the people who have really either been with this game and really kind of stuck with it and worked through the rough patches in the beginning, or people who have come back to it after after a few months now, you're starting to see people come back. Heck, the, uh, the, the Skull Bros just put out their latest episode, and they're all in there enjoying it, and it's like you've you've got to have these scenarios. It's it's you, once you once you realize that you've got to be playing out these scenarios and these stories and these these different uh, these that if once you realize that's where your game has got to be, then uh, then you, that's where that's where the fun that's where the fun begins. That's where the magic happens. Yeah, and it is, and I'm just. I mean, even when it first came out, I was really surprised. Because if you had told me when this came out that this would be, like, the thing that I want to do all day, every day playing games, is playing AOS, I would have told you no. But you have to look at it differently. And I'm amazed how much fun I'm having. I was super nervous. I had no idea where this game was going. I, I, I had thrown in with it. I, I, I had faith in it, and I was watching friends walk away going, oh, my God, I've got all this stuff, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be selling it soon at a loss because no one's yeah. going to play. And um, here I am just months later buying more and more and having a blast painting it and, and looking forward to playing more games. It's, 
and as these books come out with more and more scenarios, God, I mean, I've got so many now. It's like every book mm-hmm. comes out with another another battle plan, another idea for a game that you could take that and play with it, or or make up your own, or make up, you know. Oh, then, then there's and you can take all of these and turn them into, uh, you know, uh, you can do stuff for uh, like not exactly mighty empires, but something similar to campaigns. Yeah, with these absolutely. Different games. There's so much going on with this that you can do that. That's um. Um, I, I'm actually trying to. I'm sitting down. One of the things I've been doing is, as I've been um, in the evenings, as I've been doing other things, just kind of running through my head. How can I put together a campaign-based thing for a few people? Just to you know, would they all have to run the same scenarios uh, through it, or would there be a you know a, a a thing to choose from? Should they have people choose their own? Um, but it, it that's that's the thing you got to get that grip on. Once you can figure that part out, then all the other parts fall into place really just wonderfully. So, absolutely. So excited. So, you um, question. So, you, we've got obviously, uh, you know, it's uh, obviously it's it's not the, you know, the 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 hundred and twenty hundred and twenty man, you know, thing that we that we, we've had in previous years because we've got with with a lot of the changes in the, you know, in the community, but. Um, We've got you know we've got the room we've got the tables. Uh, what's the terrain looking like this year? How many pieces per table? May I ask? Well, if let's just do the quick numbers. Um, we had well we have um, about seventy-ish tables worth of terrain in the Adepticon collection for fantasy. Um, the Ninth Age guys. Um, have decided to use their own terrain. So Fair all enough. that terrain um, is not being split up between any event. Um, originally, when we had set it up, the big brawl being eighth or uh, ninth ages was changed to was going to use the AOA, the uh, fantasy terrain. Um, but the ninth age guys have decided they're going to go with their own, which, you know, rock on. So all that terrain is for about half as many tables nice so you're um, gonna have a good eight I, I'm, I'm guessing eight to ten pieces a table ish depending on the table and the size okay um and then every round um one of the trees has to be randomly determined to be a sylvaneth wildwood it's this way you know dryads and the tree stuff can do their things fair enough um and then there'll be some other things that we'll add in as we go throughout the event um, whether or not some pieces are arcane or damned or whatever. So there will be some additional things that we add throughout the course of the event. Um, so it'll be good. There's going to be a lot of terrain and the rule is you can't move the trees. So <laughs> nice. Very good. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, model safety, you take them out, but move around the imprint. So, I mean, I, th- when we first put those tables together, I mean, this was pre me, um, we had the rings and there was just for storage um, that the forest didn't attach into the base. Right. Um, but now with AOS where it's like, okay, if you have to move the tree for model safety, move the tree for model safety, but don't go in the ring. Right. Um, so, so you can actually like get a feel for how things play and actually make terrain a part of the game as opposed to Now when you're saying for ignored. model safety, that doesn't mean that if it's so tall that it can't get past the branches that yeah. you move the trees. It's just if you've got it in, in there and then you need to get it out and the easiest way to do it is take the tree out but move around it, 
and not risk damage to the model, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, cool. So, yeah, so if it's a giant model, that doesn't mean, hey, you, that, uh, ah, I'm too tall to fit beneath these branches, move the trees. No, 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 that's not what it meant. It's Okay, good. Yeah. We're trying to play things a little more as they've been played and – because every game that I've played of AOS, we don't pull the trees out. The trees stay in there. Exactly. And you, you move around either. them. Yep. Exactly. Cool. Cool. So, any surprises? Anything we should? Uh, anything we should be uh, looking for at uh, at at uh, at the big? Uh... Well, um, I think the big thing for like the championship, people have been asking me. It's like you know, what can we expect for scenarios, that kind of stuff. Because I don't historically release. Um, the scenarios. So even doing a primer mission for me was a big change. Um, but I tried to do a variety of scenarios for the championship. Um, we do have one attacker defender scenario. Um, it's this way, cause that's how a lot of the scenarios play out in the books is there's one attacker and one defender. Um, so we do have one of those just to see how it works. Okay. Um, and then a lot of it is going to be about positioning and movement. Um, so, I mean, the primer scenario that we have released will be in there. Um, I don't want to not have that in there. It's a good scenario. And every game that I've played with it has always been close. I just played it over the weekend against a dwarf army, and it was a 6-5 win to them. But I got the secondary objective, whereas he didn't. So, And there's going to be... like If you look at the scenarios on how it's laid out in the primer mission... That's how all of them are laid out, where it's more than one way to get victory points. And Herner did that for Holy Wars. Um, and I think any event going forward, you need to have multiple ways to score points. Otherwise, it just goes back to, how do I kill the other guy the fastest? So you had a 6-5, so it's possible to that nobody gets that primary objective. So it's, even though you can do like a 20-0, it's possible that nobody gets the full 20 points or the... Or you don't even add up to the full 20 because you might not get all the objectives depending on how the game Correct. flies out. Interesting. Interesting. So like a 6-5 yeah. is a win to you, although even though you only got six points. so Yeah, you'll only get the points for the win because right. we don't do the sliding scale. Um, so you'll get the points for the win, but then you may not get points for the secondary or tertiary objectives. Right. So there's more than one way... St- there's more than one way to get points. I didn't want to have some armies that can do one thing well, not do anything in a game and just be like, yeah, I got to throw my hands up because I can't get any points out of this game. So there's multiple ways to do things. Um, So there's that. Um, I'm trying to think of like what else I can really talk about. Um, I don't want (laughs) to give too much away. No, I got you. Um, You can't. You can't. I got you. I mean, it's okay. Um, but if you're there, if you're not there for playing in AOS, come on out and check it out. Um, obviously, we're going to have a lot of good stuff there, a lot of great people, um, which is... I'll be there, the, come by and say, oh, I'm not great people, but I'll be there, come by and say oh, hello. Fish. Um, <laughs> no, it'll be awesome. Um, I really want this to be um, an event going forward that can really represent the best of the AOS community um, going forward. And it's just about... You know, this is our game. Let's have fun with it and just make the best time we can. So, yep, that's, that's my attitude on it. Exactly. I think I think that's that's what we got to do. We just make the you know make the best tournament you can, Alex. And I know you can because I've played in enough of your tournaments and had a good time at them. 
hey, man, make the best tournament you can, and people will come to it. And that's what we all know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People are hearing how much fun these things are and, you know, how much how much fun people are having at them. And people are starting to sign up. People are starting to look for them now. And that's that's what's awesome is you're starting to see more and more people signing up. They're coming back. Yeah. It's just one of those things that some people need to see that can actually work. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes it does take a little bit of that where you have to take that objective step back and then – Try it out, get your feet wet. Um, so we've got a lot of different options. And even Thursday, um, we don't have any AOS events slated on the docket for Thursday of Adepticon. Um, but I will be there setting up tables. Um, if you want to try the game out, I mean, come on down. I'm sure we'll have open gaming there for AOS. Um, and then, obviously, swing by the hall. We'll be in the same spot we're in last year. Um, we'll be sharing the space with Kings of War. Um which is, you know, great. Those guys are awesome. Um, yeah. So, so we'll be sharing the space with them, and it'll be, it'll be good. It's just really, I'm, to be honest with you, like going forward, like I want to move away from the attitude a lot of people have had with Adepticon, where it's go big or go home. It's just about kicking the other guy in the teeth. I don't want that anymore. I didn't want that with Ace. Um. There's a, and, okay, if you want that, there's enough games that do that. We don't have and 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 that that's not yeah whatever. I get what you're saying. And yeah, so going forward, that's gonna be the plan. I want to remove that that generalization of what Adepticon is. Um, I don't want that anymore. I want this to be about having fun and having it be a true celebration of the hobby. Yeah, we can have a tournament, but also it's about bringing your best painted armies and we will be policing hard on painted armies this year. So <laughs> make sure it's done everybody. Um, so it's just, that's what we want this to be. Cause I mean the skull bros and another people, enough people have said that Adepticon was like the super bowl, um, for miniature war gaming, especially for the fantasy events. And we need to get that back. And yep. it's about setting the right foot and, don't bring three hell cannons, people. Um, <laughs> this is about having fun. This is not about putting the other guy's foot up. You know, it's just play the game, have fun, have laughs, and you know, just let's be what we want our community to be, and not just be what it used to be. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly, and I like that there's going to be multiple systems in the room because you know what, honestly. Over half the guys that are signed up right now for like Kings of War and just about everybody signed up for Ninth Age were guys we were playing with at the tables last two years. Yeah, and these are all friends of ours. And I don't care if you're playing AOS, you're playing another game. Because when I'm done with my game, I'm gonna walk over and say hi and see what you're playing and hang out and, and hang out with you and say hi and 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 see what you're doing. You know. Yeah, and that's what it needs to be about. It needs to be about the community, and um, we're all going in our own direction, and that doesn't mean. We have to raz on each other or hate on well, respective well, exactly. game. Exactly. It's just do what you do, have fun with it. And well, that's all it Alpaca. needs to be. I mean, what there was what how many what twelve different things that they were playing there? They had twelve different tournaments they were running? Wapaka, like if you didn't go to Wapaka, it was a thing of beauty. Cause I mean, I wasn't there, but I, oh, yeah, they but, ran like 12 different things and everybody got along fine. I, I know we can. I know as a community yeah. we can. I have no, I have no, I have no worries about it. That's, you know, and that's what I'm saying is I think, you know, I, I'm, 
I'm just glad I'm going to go there. I'm going to see my friends. Honestly, I'm only signed up for the I'm only signed up for the AOS GT. I mean, that's I can't even get there till Friday afternoon. I got I got stuff to do till Friday. I can't get out of work, you know. Right. And uh, I'm getting there Friday afternoon, hanging out with my buddies, doing some shopping, doing some stuff Friday. I don't even have a place to stay right now. I'm still looking. I'm still I'm <laughs> seriously. I've been I've been putting out the word. I'm like, dude, if anyone's staying at the hotel, I just want the chair, like the chair in the hotel room. I'm happy to sit in that with my little breathing machine. I just need a place to crash for Friday and Saturday night. If not, I got to drive all the way back to my mom's house in Park Ridge, which is going to suck and it's going to really put a damper on my going. But um, I don't even have a place to stay. And like I said, I'm coming out for that just for the GT. And quite frankly, I'm just going to play. Like, I'm going to have a good time and hang out with my friends, and that's what I want to do. I want to see all the people that I see. So I'm kind of glad we're all in that same area because now I know I'm going to see all the people that I want to see when I go there, and I'm going to hang out, have a good time. I can get some pickup games in the evening on Friday. I can get some pickup games on Saturday. Uh, I, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to, you know, is that, is is that, you know. Like I said, I'm there just to play and have a good time, and it, that's – yeah, that's what it sounds like is going to be happening. So I'm excited. Yeah, it should be. It should be a good time. And I mean, going forward, we only want to make it better and just continue on that direction of make it better, make it more fun, make it more what the community wants it to be, and not just a place to go and kick the other guy's teeth in. So it'll be good, and that's all I ever wanted it to be. So it'll be it'll be a great time. Come out, check it out, please. And if you want to sign up for the Saturday GT, we still got spots. If you want to sign up for both days, we still got spots. If you want to get a team together on Friday, we still got spots. So it's just about coming out, trying it, and having a ball. Because if you come out and try it, I can guarantee you, you will have a ball. Cool. So. All right. So speaking of coming out and and having a ball and having a good time, you are also, aren't you running um, the AOS tournament at Blood in the Sun? Yeah, that's me too. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say no. I don't know what it is. I just cannot do it. Uh, Well, I'm glad to hear that you're running it because, uh, God damn it, I'm not going this year. Yeah, they picked a rough weekend. Um, well, and and it, it, it's all here's the thing. It was so funny. Last July, there I am. I'm in. I'm out in the. I'm out in the. I'm out in the Smokies, right? I'm out in the Smoky Mountains, and we're literally on vacation. Last year, planning this year's vacation. Because <laughs> hey, I'm Disney Vacation Club member. Okay, and oh, when yeah. you're in the Vacation Club, you can book eleven months ahead of time, and you better book eleven months ahead of time, right? Jeez. And well, that's how far out. If you're part of that club, that's how far out you can book for that hotel that you're a part of. Because you, when you buy in, you're part of a specific resort, right? So we knew we wanted to go in June, so we were looking in July to book for June. And so we're checking the dates that school ends, and we're checking all this stuff. And my wife's like, "When do we want to go?" And I'm like, "Well, we don't want to go in July and August if we can avoid it because it's hot." Um, and I don't want to go the last weekend of June because Blood in the Sun is always in the last weekend of June. So if we can avoid the last weekend of June, let's try to go before that. Well, we're all out of school by the end of May, first weekend of June. So I'm literally, I'm done with school on Thursday, June 8th. 
Friday, my wife and I are going to see The Cure in concert. Nice. And then Saturday morning, we're all jumping in the car and going to Disney World. And we're getting back like either Saturday night or Sunday morning of bits. So it was just like I, I, when I, I, was, I was certain it was going to be the next weekend. And then I found out that I moved it up a week. And I guess the room wasn't that weekend wasn't available or whatever. And so it got moved up. And I was just like, oh, because oh, I never miss bits. It's like my favorite. It really is my favorite. Partially because it's, it's awesome. And partially because it's like, you know, at, like 45 minutes from my house. <laughs> so I can go. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was just like, "Oh no!" And it, I was like, "I was so looking forward to this." And then you said you're going to be using, uh, aren't you using South Coast? Yeah, we are. Uh, oh. I know, I know. So I'm so disappointed, but I'm so excited at the same time because I know it's going to be awesome. They're running Infinity, Kings of War, uh, AOS, and Ninth. Oh yeah, that's right, and Ninth. Yeah, I was forget about that one. Um, no, no, and truthfully, like we were. All the AOS events were not originally going to be part of the schedule because there was a lot of concern from you know people that AOS could sell um, and people would want to play. Um, so uh, Grant had reached out to me and this was right after PACA and he said, you know, I watched you guys play in AOS and you guys are having a riot. I want that at bits, but I don't know how we can make it work. It's like, well, we either make it work or we don't. So how about we figure out how to make it work? Um, so uh, he figured it out. He was able to procure an extra room. It's not on the same level because Bits is always on that second level um, with the three big rooms up there. Right. Um, so there's going to be another room. Uh, who's going to be in that room on the first floor? Haven't figured out yet, but that's not important. Uh the big thing is that uh, AOS is going to have a summer event at Bits. Uh, it's going to be a 40-man and woman GT. Um, and Bits every year is themed to something. So um, looks like this year is going to be the awesome 80s, totally rad. Um, so all the scenarios for this year are going to be themed to the awesome themes and movies of the 1980s. So... Oh, yeah, man. it's gonna be man. it's gonna be interesting. Um, so, yeah. Oh man. Okay. So you're doing uh, South Coast. Yeah. Comp. All right. I gotta say. Now I'm a I am a fan of uh, Clash Comp, and you know I'm a pool choice man myself. Um yep. God. Talk about three guys. You know, I know Wayne and Dan and uh, and um, and Russ and yeah, Russ Veal. Um, Talk about guys who, first of all, know their know their hobby and know their their war gaming, but sitting down and wow, I gotta say, I read that comp, I was kind of blown away. I thought it was fantastic. Well, the South Coast pack uh, for me fixed a lot of the issues I had with the uh, Clash pack um, with regards to some degree of flexibility um, and how points lined up uh, for the pool choices. Um, it yeah. answered a lot of the questions that I had about Clash, which is the big reason we went with SDK. Is I, I had more questions than answers for Clash at the time we had to make the call. Right. Um, and then this pack comes out, and it just seriously it floored me reading that pack, and it's like, yep, 
I gotta bow to this guy to these guys because holy crap, so much work went into that. I mean, just the whole thing with the. I mean, and they, and they, and they, you could tell they were they were cherry picking from other. Game, just to make things, you know, right. Like you could tell, Russ has been playing Infinity when he went with the, uh, when they went with the things at different levels. Yep. For you know, it's like, but it works. Okay, this is how we're gonna do this. For if you're attacking something from at a different height, we're gonna go with this, and that that works. Um, this summoning pools was sort of was kind of brilliant. You get two mm-hmm. for one for what you don't put on the table at first. Um, you run the risk that it's never going to come on the table, so you're starting at a disadvantage. But if you can get it all on the table, yeah, there, there's your risk reward ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, once it gets killed, it doesn't. You can't just keep summoning it. There's, it's. I love that pack. I really love that pack. Yeah, it's. It, for me, it was a no-brainer. I mean, I'm of the mind with AOS that you have to keep trying new things. Um, and then figuring out what works best. So a lot of people, when I had told like my inner crew of guys, it's like, guys, I want to do the South Coast pack for bits. They're like, what about SDK? It's like, yeah, SDK is great. Let's try South Coast. <laughs> Let's try yep. new things. Let's not just do one thing. Um, and realistically, it works out to about the same um, with like points versus pools. For a lot of it, it works out to about the same. So it's not like it's a substantial difference in armies. It's just a different way to put it together. Um, The only thing I'm actually going to be changing about the pack is just how you write your list um, and deploy it. Because I don't like the rock, paper, scissors aspect of deploying um, by reaction. So it's like if I put down a unit of liberators you put down something that's anti-liberator and then i put something down like that it's almost like rock paper scissors but you get to see what your opponent does before you throw it so i don't particularly care for that particular style um so what we're gonna do is you're gonna do open list your full 150 point list with your opponent you exchange lists and then you look at the scenario you look at your opponent's list of what they could take you write your list based on that, and then you deploy. So it's not reactionary. It's set oh, up a really? little more... Yeah. Huh. If you've played a game of Malifaux, it's very similar to how they put that together. Yeah, no, I see what you're doing. I just I don't see how it's so rock, paper, scissors. I put something out, you put something out that's good against it, and then I put something out that's good against what you just put out. The, only, could... the, only, the only place where... The, the only... Unit that really sort of gets, I guess, sort of the, the bad shake in that deal would be that very first unit that gets put out. Because what I put out, you can put out a counter to it, but then I can put out a counter to your counter. Um, and basically, uh, and then, you know, the only person who loses out is the person who runs out of deployments first. So if you're putting out stuff that's a lot of heavy points, you can kind of get stomped, you know, that way. But. You just—I don't know. I guess I did. To me, that's sort of the fun. It's just that sort of putting it out and picking and choosing as you're putting it out and watching what they're doing. That's like the game within a game. There, I don't. That's just me personally. I just—I don't think like in the games where we've tried that mechanic, um, it doesn't always add up. It's a lot harder to keep track of the math. Just list building, so you can kind of screw yourself later if you don't keep better track of math whereas before if you make a list 
prior to that, you know exactly what's in there. You know the math is right. It speeds that up, and it makes it more accurate. Um, and then there's not – I don't feel that there's a lot of generalship of making the best of what you have if you can take the best of what you have every time for that situation. So it's about making it work and not just having the right tool every time. So, Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And trying it, it's just about trying new things and no, trying and like you new said, ways hey, to play it. Like I said, exactly. You're, you, you, you've said that before. You're going to try a different way to do it and see how that works. And that's, that's you know every you know it it keeps things fresh if it works great and if it doesn't then we try something different next time you've said that absolutely you've said that, you've said that for years man we've done that every tournament we've gone to what what works we keep and what doesn't we toss out and try something new next time right um and then the only other thing that we're going to be doing um is the legacy stuff um we're not going to have that this year meaning uh so the stuff that did not make it into the grand alliance chaos Grand Alliance death. Um, we're going to be moving on from that, similar to how the South Coast has been doing it. Okay, so no Hell Cannons. No Hell Cannons, no Tomb Kings. And I want people to understand this is not because I'm a spiteful, awful TO. I have my own TK army. Um, but it's time to see what GW has in plan for this game. And... This is where they've declared where they're going right now. And we may see the Kings come back. We may see Hell Cannons come back. God, I hope not. Um, <laughs> but the Dreadquake Warder is not a bad replacement for a Hell Cannon. Just want to throw that out to people. So True. So no Tomb Kings. Interesting. Yeah. And again, when the Grand Alliance Death Book came out and I found out there was nothing in there, I wanted nothing to do with that book. Because it's like you just nerded, you know, just completely took my army out. Something that I've spent a lot of time and effort into. But this is the direction you want to go. So let's take that leap of faith and see how it goes. I mean, this also opens up options for future events to do, like legacy events, where it's, yep, if there's a war scroll for it, take it. Let's rock. Um, but for where they're wanting to go, let's. Let's yeah, that's that almost train. like a you could you could almost do like a Raj Podge type of thing, you know, a legacy. Just you know, bring whatever whatever scrolls used to be on the old the old uh, lists. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, right. but for bits, we're gonna go with uh, just what's in the Grand Alliance Chaos, what's in the Grand Alliance Death, um, and obviously, you know, we'll make things work if there's model concerns or anything like that. But um, it's just about trying new things and. How far, how, things out, go. how far out are you? Uh, a month. A month. So if the, so if destruction comes out, like rumors are destruction is going to be out in the next month or so. So yeah, destruction will be in. Um, I'll be probably saying goodbye to all my squigs, but that's okay. I still love them. Um, <laughs> so we'll just see how it goes. Um, and for the scenarios wise, we're doing it all themed to different eighties movies. Um, so I have already promised exploding gophers, um, busting ghosts, and then uh, just about anything Kenny Loggins. So danger zone. Well, I mean, you got danger zone. You've got 
a lot of other stuff that he did in the 80s. And the thing with the 80s is just every movie that came out had its own theme song. Um, its own unique song. So when I was thinking about what I could do for scenarios, it's like, well, you know, I could just take all the wonderful 80s hair metal that I like and write scenarios based on 80s hair metal. But you can only do so many songs about drugs and girls and, you know, everything like that. So it's like, okay, well, what else could we do? <laughs> 80s had good movies and the movies had awesome theme songs so uh, let's go with that and you're gonna have exploding gophers and busting ghosts fantastic oh, we've already been play testing um the ghost busting scenario and it's actually a lot of fun Great. Um, and then the gophers we're trying out this weekend to see how that goes um gremlins well, we were. I've already got slated. Um, I'm looking at the Breakfast Club, uh, Caddyshack, obviously, Ghostbusters, um, and it's the other two. I'm still working out. We're doing uh, five games, so three Saturday, two Sunday. Um, so still working out the other two, but um, you're gonna at least have that. I mean, I'd love to get Top Gun in there. I would love to get um, maybe Labyrinth in there uh but that one's doing a little tough because the themes because the song that came out with labyrinth um was like when the world fell apart or something like that and it's you know kind of sad and mopey and it's not that awesome 80s style to it gotcha gotcha um, so you know still looking anybody's got suggestions I'm definitely open to it big trouble um, in little china oh man See, that's what I'm talking about. See, I don't know how you're going to fit that in there, but boy, would that be fun. Yeah, and people have suggested, like, we'll just do Rocky. And it's like, Rocky 1 and 2 came out in the 70s, so you leave me with Rocky 3 and Rocky 4. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not sure how I feel about Clubber Lang and Ivan Drago and how that works out. Um and then obviously there's a few other things that get mentioned in there. Um, like, well, what about TV shows? What about Gem? That's a movie now. It's like, nope. No, 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 no. Oh, boy. okay. And on that note, gee whiz, Jesus. On that yeah. note. All right. So, folks, Alex and I will see some of you at Adepticon. Um. We'll have the uh, web, the you know, the links for to get to the Blood in the Sun website for those of you who want to sign up for Blood in the Sun. We will probably have Grant on next episode or something like that, talking about more about the uh, the rest of the stuff going on at at, at Blood in the Sun. Um, but I wanted to get you on. I want to get you on for the last talk for Adepticon, so I might as well have you on talking about Blood in the Sun as well. Yeah, and then. Um, uh, and then we're yeah. almost halfway full for Blood in the Sun already. Nice. Um, so if you guys are interested, please check it out. Um, bloodinthesun.com. Uh, you can check out the AOS event um, and then the other events, Infinity, Ninth, and Kings. Um, all the rules will be up there as well. Um, awesome venue, awesome time. And Grant starts it right with the Bits Pledge, and it just goes from there. It's so, always a good time. I'm really, I mean, I'm going to be in Disney World. I can't really complain. Yeah, but, but it's Disney World. How many times have you been to Disney World? Just just be honest with me. I don't know, a dozen. How many times have you been to Bits? Oh, four. You got eight to catch up. 
Well, I can't help it, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm a Disney addict. What do you want from me? That's the good. one chance I get to get more steps in on my stupid Fitbit than freaking Can Hammer Chris, man. Oh, yeah. Well, we do that. Just, and- you know, you do the walking thing, and then they got that, and I got this stupid Fitbit, and I get in my, you know, over 10,000 steps a day, and I come in second place every week or third place because, dude, Can Hammer Chris. Like, it's a five-day work week challenge, and we all sign up for this thing. And this maniac gets, like, eighty to 100,000 steps in in a five-day work week. It's like, I think this guy just walks all... I think he just has a treadmill at his desk. <laughs> or, That's actually what, pretty okay. You know, it's, just, it's insane. I'm like, okay, so Disney's the one week I got a chance because I walk all day that place. So I got a mm-hmm. chance that I can maybe beat him that one week. If I beat him just one week, I'll be a happy man. It's just dumb how much that guy walks. <laughs> Ugh. So other than that, I don't know. But, yeah, so uh, guys, check it out. Go to the website. Sign up. Come play AOS with, with us, I was going to say. Oh, son of a. Go play AOS with the guys. I'll be there next year. You better. Uh, I hope so. What the hell? Um, and uh, other than that, folks, thanks for listening. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Probably, dude, I hope I'll get some of this stuff read. I got so many books now to read. I got one, two, three. I got about four of these Black Library books to catch up on. And I got about, uh, I got one big book and three of these battle tomes to report on. So I'm getting buried at this point. So I got to catch up on some stuff. And I got to, I got to. I got a Fire Slayer book to report on because, you know, Duarden. Oh, no, absolutely. It's a great book, too. Oh, it is. It's, I like it a lot. You got to so. get a Stormcast done one, though, especially with the new stuff. Yeah, you know, I kind of skipped the with all the with all of their coverage and all of the other books. I kind of skipped covering the actual Battle Tome because, uh, I mean, they're getting so much coverage everywhere else. I'm, I'm wondering if I may need to go back to that at some point, but who knows? Well, with the new stuff coming out, it's an option. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, did you hear about that? Yeah, I saw the pictures and I I cried. I haven't um, seen the pictures, dude. It's not even funny how cool these things are. Oh, um, oh, dude. Oh, send me some pictures. I'll probably by the time this is airs, I'll have seen them. But somebody send me some pictures. And somebody, hey, if you're staying at the damn Schomburg uh, place at the Adepticon and you got a spare bit of chair or floor that you can spare for two nights, I'll pay my share. It's uh, I need a place to stay. I don't want to drive to my mom's house. I like my mom and all, but it's a forty-five minute drive. <laughs> Son of a monkey God bless America So Alright folks That's it I gotta call this Cause this is going on For like 400 hours now So We are done We'll be back with episode 141 um, uh, Out right in time For your drive to Adepticon Where I will be Blabbering about something So Alex thank you so much For coming on Hey thanks for having me man And uh, everybody else I hope you enjoyed uh, This plethora of various and sundry guests talking all about tournaments and stuff like that um and we'll be back soon so until next time only the faithful will be triumphant only the faithful will stand when all others fall and only the faithful know no despair except in failure you've been listening to garage hammer if you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. 
You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at GarageHammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at GarageHammer.net. And you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support Garage Hammer, check the support page or the show store on our website or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.